Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning. It is Friday morning, and I mean, it is raining and raining and raining here in Hamilton, Ohio. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12. You can check us out on YouTube. That's the Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live on X. X. Elon. That's at Seabox Sports. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Well, here we go. No Bengals this year. First time in three years. But the wild card weekend will still take place, believe it or not. It officially begins tomorrow afternoon. Six games total over the weekend. 4.30 tomorrow, the Brownies head to Houston to take on the Texans. Can 38-year-old quarterback Joe Flacco lead Cleveland in a big playoff run? How will C.J. Stroud handle the bright lights of the postseason? For Cleveland, they got some bad news yesterday. Star cornerback, former Buckeye Denzel Ward, he's been nicked up all year long. Apparently injured his knee in practice, and his status for this one is TBD. Tomorrow night, behind the paywall, known as Peacock. Terrible. I used to love Peacocks, the beautiful colors, the feathers. Yeah. Now I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. (laughs) The Miami Dolphins travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Miami, as we've talked about, they've lost nine straight games. With temperatures under 40 degrees, the temperature at kickoff is expected to be close to zero tomorrow night in KC. At 4.30 on Fox, the NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys play at Jerry World against the Green Bay Packers. This one features two of the hottest quarterbacks in all the NFL, Dak Prescott against Jordan Love. At 1 o'clock on Sunday, you got the Bills. They're talking about snow and wind and All kinds of crazy weather there. The Bills, of course, hosting the Men of Steel. The nightcap Sunday has Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit. His L.A. Rams battle the Lions. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff on NBC. And lastly, we have a playoff game Monday night. The defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles look to try and right the ship at NFC champion, South champion, Tampa Bay. Gerard Mayo expected to be named head coach. In New England today, of course, he replaces six-time Super Bowl champion Bill Belichick, who had that job since the year 2000. Ohio State star wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. made it official he'll enter the NFL draft. Meanwhile, star teammate Ameka Egbuka says he will return. It has been a monster offseason for Ohio State in both the transfer portal and the college recruiting trail. College basketball. Boy, we are Mick Cronin fans on this show. Big time. Love the guy. But <laughs> these are rough. Thompson going on for the Bruins. Last night, they lose for the eighth time in their last nine games. Last night, downright embarrassing. They fall to Utah by 46 points. Cronin, in his first three years at UCLA, has led the Bruins to three straight Sweet 16 appearances and one Final Four. This weekend on the hard court, UC travels to Waco, 8 o'clock tip against number 14, Baylor. That one on ESPN. Xavier plays at Providence in the Big East, 2 p.m. tip, FS1. NKU at Detroit tomorrow, Miami host Eastern Michigan at Millette Hall. Number 6, Kentucky. They got it going on. 2 o'clock tip off at Texas A&M, that game on ESPN. And baseball news, 
The Reds avoid salary arbitration with a number of their young players yesterday, including Tyler Stevenson, Jake Fraley, Lucas Sims, along with Alex Young and TJ Antone earlier in the week. One obvious name not on that list is Jonathan India. It appears he's headed to a hearing against the Reds in late January, early February. The team did sign former Molar High standout Brent Suter to a two-year contract. The lefty reliever has pitched well in his career. His whole career was in Milwaukee until last year with Colorado. And uh, it was reported yesterday that three teams are interested in longtime Red Star Joey Votto. Apparently it's four. That's according to Votto's post yesterday on X. The Care Bears. Yeah, Care Bears. <laughs> well, 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 what, is that? what does that mean? I don't know. I'm going to ask my dad what that means. Let's bring in the Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. He is uh, very active on uh, X, our buddy uh, Elon Musk. Do, do you have any uh, – did you see Lovato tweet? Do you know what that means? I'm not being facetious when I ask that question. What, what is Care Bear? What does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Do any of you guys know? I, you know, I have no clue. Do you know, Reed, what, what, what Care Bear – I mean, what is Care Bear a TV show? It, used to, it was a TV show probably when you were in your formative years, Tom. Like Unlikely in my no, formative years. Was, no, there was cave drawings back then it was in my like formative in the, years. In the 80s, it was a TV show. And, uh, yeah, he's the Grumpy That's Bear. Right. Joey's, Joey's uh, the Grumpy Bear. I, 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 let me say this. I, I know what Care Bears are because – uh, back and actually reads wrong as usual. Uh, the Care Bears uh, come from a period when Ashley, excuse me, was a little girl, and we bought them. You could buy them with all sorts of little designs, uh, rainbows, and the sun coming up, and all this stuff. It was a way of making a lot of money for some multimillionaire. And Ashley was into it. And then they did have a TV show. That's exactly correct. I have no idea how it relates to Joey Votto, how it relates to Twitter. I, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, let me ask you, though, about Votto for a minute, because we were talking about this yesterday. And, look, you don't talk to him. I don't talk to him. Nobody around here talks to him. I don't know who does talk to him. There are people that do, obviously. He's, he has a great relationship with most of the media in town. But he's not talking much at all about what teams are the teams that are interested in him. He says there's four, not three. Do you think this is going to be a situation where Votto has to decide, you know, look, he, he feels like he has some good baseball left in him, and I'm not going to sit here and be the judge as to whether he does or doesn't. I hope he does have some good baseball left in him. I think it's good for the game if he's good and back playing well again. But do you think right. this is a situation that – that he's going to have to decide whether he wants to go to maybe a, a very serious contending playoff team and not play as much? Or could you see him signing a one-year deal with somebody like the Pirates to get his career back on track? I, I, I would be shocked if he signed with a team like Pittsburgh. I'm not in any way putting Pittsburgh down, but, but I think his druthers are um, to play with a team that has a chance – of getting to the postseason, and then you take what you can get after that. Um, and I don't believe that he would go to Pittsburgh to try and resurrect his career because, damn, he's 40 years old. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it, re, re, whatever he thinks about resurrection, that boat sailed a long time ago in, in the eyes of major league officials who have the power to say, yes, we're interested or no, we're not. This has got to be unequivocally, 
I would think, the last year that Joey plays if, in fact, he does. But if I were him, uh, you know, I, I would I would certainly be much more interested in a team that's going to allow me to be a part of something maybe special down the road. Although the rumors were that the reason why the Reds and, and, and Joey were not able to come together on some kind of contract that would keep him in a Reds uniform was because he wanted to play a lot. And the Reds simply did not have that option open to him because of all the young talent they have. Uh, but I still would think he'd want to go to a club. I mean, obviously, still in all, at the end of the day, we've talked about it for weeks now, where he might end up. My feeling is, as always, it's going to be Toronto at the end if, in fact, they do have interest, and I have to believe they do. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it the other day, about how basically the guy who did what he conceivably would be asked to do in Toronto, Brandon Belt, is no longer there. So we'll, we'll That's see correct. plays out for Votto, and everybody's rooting for him to – to play for somebody that maybe comes back to Great American Ballpark next summer because they never had a chance to give him a formal, if you will, goodbye. And I think that would be something that would be really cool uh, for this upcoming summer, and the, the Reds people will be all over that. All right, let's shift gears to the current Reds. Uh, let's start with Brent Suter. Uh, you and I have known this young man for a long, long time. Comes out of Moeller High School. So I'm come up with Milwaukee. Uh, whatever you ask him to do, he does it really, really well when he's healthy, Dad. And he stayed healthy the last three years, primarily, almost exclusively, as a relief pitcher. I am thrilled to death about this addition on this club. As you and I both know, there is no classier guy playing Major League Baseball today than Brad Suter. Uh, and I, I use an example about the work he's done with the Joe Nuxall Foundation out in Hamilton. Uh, he's a classy young man, uh, and I think he's a guy who can help this ball club. So I applaud Nick Crawl for, for signing him, and uh, we operate obviously under the assumption that he still has gasoline in his tank, and i got to believe if he's healthy, he does. So I think this is a major uh, pickup that's going to just enhance the, the uh, upward quality, if you will, of that bullpen in 2024. You know, I talk all the time about how uh, I think oftentimes in baseball, Dad, when teams get a reliever, uh, and I always use the David Weathers example here in this town. You've been around a heck of a lot longer than me. But, I mean, guys that, 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 that pitch in 50, 60, 70, 80 games even sometimes and come out of that bullpen seemingly night after night and their ERA is in the low threes or the mid threes. And in Suter's case last year, you know, you, you look at this guy pitching in Colorado of all places. Now it's not the Colorado it used to be. But, I mean, in 57 right. games, a 3.3 ERA in almost 70 innings, that's a hell of Big a year. Time. And his, his ERA every year he's healthy is in the low to mid threes. I don't think there's any question about that. I, you, you post an ERA like that in Colorado, and I agree with you. It's not like it used to be, but it's still a mile above sea level. And so that ball is going to fly in that ballpark. And for him to pit work in 57 games, I don't know how many of them were, you know, at Coors Field. But at right. the same time, uh, the ERA is the ERA. And, and so, I again, I go back to what I said. I think it's a tremendous pickup. Uh, he adds a veteran presence in essentially a young bullpen. We talk so much about the rotation being young, but that bullpen is pretty young too. And now you've got a guy who's been around the block, has pitched well in the big leagues. As I said, he is as classy a guy that has ever put on a baseball uniform. He will be a major influence 
on the young guys in that Cincinnati bullpen. I tell you what, uh, you know, I, I, I know that uh, it recently there was some publication, I can't remember which one it was, but ranked on paper uh, starting rotations around the major leagues, and the Reds were slotted at fifth. Of course, a lot of that, Dad, and we've talked about it before, a lot of that is based on hope and potential of what so many young guys can do. But since you were last on the program, they went out and signed the former Yankee, Frankie Montas to a one-year deal. They're, they're rolling the dice on him. But, hey, this is a kind of move that the Reds have not made in the past, rolling the dice on a guy like this. Well, they roll the dice on a lot of guys. Yeah, but not, in the but last not four to the tune years. of $16 million. No, and, and, and that, that amount of money tells me that in the minds of their baseball people, there is no question but that his arm and shoulder are sound. Um, I can't imagine that they would spend $16 million of Bob Castellini's money and there'd be just a scintilla of doubt that uh, that arm is not sound. So I got to operate under that assumption. And what they're obviously hoping for is that he can turn the clock back to what he did in 2021 uh, when he had a sensational year with the Oakland Athletics and I think finished fifth or sixth in the Cy Young Award voting. That would be a major step uh, in, in terms of uplifting this young starting rotation and and i really have to believe that they they did they did their due diligence which clubs always do when they're trying to sign a guy who has had some physical problems in recent years and i think they've they've uh, he's checked all the boxes in terms of uh, allaying any concern that they have uh, that he's not ready to pitch and and i think that's got a chance to be a big big pickup for this club you know, at the end of the day, uh, and look, the Dodgers uh, went out and spent uh, literally over a billion dollars. Uh, so, you know, you sort of separate them from everybody else. But outside of that, and, and really as far as just improving your team, I think you can include the Dodgers. The, the Reds have had as good an offseason as anybody there is in the major leagues. Now, we'll see how it pans out. But, I mean, for those two years ago that were wondering, and those for a number of years that were wondering if the franchise is committed to winning, uh, they certainly are are going about it the right way this offseason. No, I don't I don't think anybody can doubt that. Now, you know, if, if some of this doesn't work out, uh, I think those guys that are willing to condemn at every small negative that may crop up, uh, they have to remember that uh, you sign you sign guys and then you hope that things work out. And, and you sign guys with confidence and you feel like they're going to help your club. And for whatever the reason, things occur that are unexpected. And if that's the case, it's not a matter of beating up on the front office because I think this club has put its money where its mouth is in going out to do what they've done in a bid to make this a major impactful club in 2024. But what I find interesting, Tom, is that some of these gambling outfits in Las Vegas – that are setting the odds for teams winning. There are a couple of these outfits out there that have picked this club to finish fourth in yep. the National League Central Division. Yeah, and and I don't. It's hard for me to grasp that simply because, in one side of their mouth, they talk about major questions and can the young kids on this club uh, reproduce or exceed what they did in their rookie years, but then they turn around just as you said a moment ago and they rank the starting rotation third or fourth or fifth or whatever it is in all of Major League Baseball. That's a major contradiction right there. So where, what in the hell they're thinking of in picking this team to finish fourth 
Uh, and they, they, these odds were set and, and predictions were set before the Cubs did anything. They, they've acquired Michael Bush. He's a major question because he's not been a big leaguer. Cardinals have not brought him up. He's had great minor league stats. They signed the, the Asian kid, the pitcher, just a, a yeah. day or so ago. But these, all these predictions were set before the Cubs had done a damn thing. So I, I, don't, I don't understand what their thinking is. And, you know, maybe at the end of the day they'll be right. And if they are, there's going to be more hell raised in this town than you can imagine. Well, you know, the, it's interesting you bring up that and how some have picked them to finish, as you mentioned, you know, fourth in the standings. There's been very little wiggle room, even after all of these signings, on where they have the Reds on an over-under. So whether you're talking about, you know, in terms of wins. So they're, I think they're at what, Ellie, 82 and a half? 82 and a half. I mean, you know, 82 and a half is a 500 team. And I, and, I, and I look at the Reds, and I think it has to all come down to it, it is – it's one thing to be excited and optimistic and all those kinds of things and, and have hope. But, you know, I, for me, it all comes down to, I think their position players look like they're going to be fine. There'll be some guys that stub their toe here and there, but it all comes down to at the end of the day, these pitchers, because, you know, whether it's ineffectiveness, whether it's inconsistency, they've been young, whether it's injuries, uh, how far can they pitch into the season uh, because of the injuries setting back their innings limit as we move forward, I think that's the primary reason we're not we're, we're seeing either them getting picked fourth or fifth or fourth, not fifth, or their win total. Even after all the signings, very little change in Vegas. You think that's fair? Yeah, you know, I think that's very fair. But I also think this, and, and when you talk about pitching and and youth and 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 all the rest of that stuff and what appears to be an improved bullpen. I'm going to be watching very closely, as I think a lot of people will, to see what impact David Bell is going to have on that rotation verbally in making them understand we simply, no questions asked, no excuses, have to have more innings out of you guys in 2024. And I don't think that is open to question. I, and if they, they come back with an excuse, that's exactly what the hell it is. Because if you're going to have a good bullpen, it's incumbent upon you as manager and, and Jerry Johnson, the pitching coach, to keep that bullpen healthy and effective every month of the season. Last year, it looked like when September rolled around, they were they were done. Stick a fork in them, they were done. And I think that the one of the major keys to the success of this club in 2024 is that they simply get more innings out of their rotation. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I used to get in healthy debates because I really respect him and I like him a lot, talking about Derek Johnson, the Reds pitching coach. But when I was doing the games, like you, I'm sure, you know, you get very frustrated with Tyler Malley. And I use him as an example of these other guys in the rotation and, and, and tying it in with what you're talking about. You know, all of us kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting with the stuff that Malley had. Now, look, his fastball may not be what Hunter Green's is. His changeup may not be what Nick, breaking ball with Nick Lodolo's is. But Tyler Malley, when he came up, this guy had a pretty good uh, assortment of pitches and good stuff, major league stuff. Yeah. He, he was a five-inning guy and has always been, if you were lucky, his whole career. And I didn't see any change in that. And I don't know what Derek Johnson could do. He doesn't throw pitches for him or David Bell. But, but I'm just hoping that these young guys in this rotation don't turn out like that. Well, I, a lot of that has to do, I think, in, in Malley's case, 
he simply couldn't throw consistently throw strikes. Yeah. And well, so neither can a rest of them. Well, I agree with that. I agree 100% with that. Um, if these guys have not – if they, these guys don't make an improvement in their – in their ability to throw the ball over the plate where they want to throw it, uh, then the, the the desire to see them as a group pitch more innings this coming year than they have in previous years is going to go right down the, the, the sink because it's it's not going to happen. So it boils down to being able to throw strikes. Uh, if, if they come to spring training and throughout the course of a 30-plus game schedule, we see improvement in that area. Um, then, then I think you automatically then will assume that they're going to be around for more than four or five innings. Um, and, and, and I'm hopeful that that's the case because that just means your bullpen is going to be more effective for a longer period of time. The other part of it is, is staying healthy. I mean, we're going to find out in 2024 if these guys individually and collectively are guys that are going to go out and pitch without physical problems without going on the disabled list, or are we going to find out that, you know what, one or more of these guys have to be categorized as China dolls. They simply can't stay healthy. And if that's the case, then this club has a problem. Well, there are China dolls everywhere, as we know. I mean, they're As we know. As we know, they are everywhere. You got some in that studio. (laughs) We do. I wonder where we'd start on that. Yeah, where do you oh, want to I start? Don't know. Although you want to talk about a China doll, and I say this to my wife, so me saying this about Reed, based on his comment a minute ago in the chat that I saw, I always look at people who, who, who like, you know, the weather affects their mood, mm. right? I mean, come on. We wake up every day, it's sunny, it's snowy, it's rainy, it is what it is, right? You can't do a damn right. thing about it. You're going to let that Nothing. dictate what kind of mood you're in for the rest of the day? Did I just read that? Yeah, sure, Tom. That's exactly what it is. I think it's just a gloomy day. And it I- is a gloomy day, but does that mean you have to be gloomy? That is borderline China doll material. I am pretty good at acknowledging when I am not being rational, and I'm not being rational today. I am just woke up on a grumpy mood. Marty. You, you've, you've lived what? quite quite many years, more than I have. How do you get through these cold months, these these wet days? How do you keep your mood in such high spirits as you normally are through through this terrible weather? Because I got to know, I'm having well, a bad that, day. That's very simple, Elliot. I mean, I I uh, I hate cold weather, and I think there's a lot. I used to hear old guys, old guys saying, you know, the older I get, the more I hate cold weather, and and I just blew that off. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's a fact. Uh, I can't stand the way the weather is today, the way it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, next week is going to be brutal. It's going to be a deep freeze for a week. But I don't let it affect my personality. The one thing I don't do when it gets excessive outside, I don't go. I mean, that's one of the benefits of being of being retired. I don't say – Amanda made the comment yesterday. She said, you haven't left this house today, have you? I said, absolutely not, and I got some more news for you. Ain't going to happen tomorrow either. So, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Let me, can I ask a question? Yeah, who are you, who are you asking the question? Reed, Elliot, Casey? Dad, say well, hello, no, by I, the I'm way. Say hello to Lindsay. I, I want you to say hello real quick to Lindsay. Lindsay, say hello to my dad. Lindsay is interning with us from UC. She's from just outside of Columbus, Ohio. So uh, Very good. She's, she's with us now. Hi, Lindsay. How are you, girl? Good. How are you? I'm very well. Be sure and tell Wes Miller I'm a big fan, being a Carolina guy as he is, and I'm thrilled about the way the Bearcats have played yes. recently. 
And uh, I, I, people, uh, I'm tired of people calling me and saying, well, there's your Carolina guy. He can't coach. The hell he can't. He's a good coach. He was a good coach when they hired him, and he's going to continue to be as long as they can keep him. Now, the question I have is, Four. Tom, when you, were go when you were going over the lineup of the games that will be played in the National Football League this weekend, yes, you obviously touched on, uh, I think it's uh, – is it Kansas City and Miami on Peacock? Yep. yep. Pe and one of your, Peacock. Yeah. One of your guys injected into your talking about the games when you mentioned Peacock, somebody said, terrible. Who said that? That was me. That was me, Mr. Brenneman. How are you doing? I've missed you. Who is that? That's this Elliot. is Elliot. It's your friend, Elliot. This Elliot? Your, this, this is your good friend. Yeah, well, you know what? God bless you for saying that. I agree? really have to think uh, at one hundred and fifty thousand percent, and 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 you know, I I would if if I'm around, I'll watch a game. Um, I have an interest in it from a standpoint of how Miami's going to handle the cold weather. I heard that coach of theirs make a comment on a news conference yesterday. Somebody asked him about it, and he said. I don't know. He said, I've never been involved in a football game where the temperature was potentially zero. Well, that's really good. That's good message sent out to your football players now. <laughs> but but I, I, I just think that NBC is making a serious mistake uh, in putting that game exclusively on Peacock. And I understand it's all about the almighty dollar. And that's just more money for Roger Goodell and the National Football League when they uh, benevolently agreed to allow Peacock to have a game in the postseason. But I really think as far as the fans are concerned, it's an example that the National Football League doesn't give a damn about their fans. But the question is, many in the chat want to know, are you going to cough up, what is it, five, six, seven bucks? I think it's seven dollars. Seven bucks. Are you going to cough it up to watch it? Not a chance. What time is that game? That's at eight o'clock tomorrow night. When? Tomorrow night? Yep. Well, let's uh, let's see what time is that in in Goodyear, Arizona. That's six o'clock. Probably will not watch that game tomorrow night. I'll be in a hotel. Yes or no? The answer is no. So you're going out for the Reds uh, fantasy camp. I am. And what what do yep. you do there? Do you just partake in giving people a bunch of heat and giving them shit and all that kind of thing? Is well, that see, the way that works? <laughs> see here, they like for me to come out. And, and and I broadcast the championship game next Friday. Whoever the final two teams are left standing, Doug Flynn is my color guy. Nice. And I do the play-by-play -play that is just in the ballpark. It's uh, piped out over the loudspeakers in the ballpark. And I dump all over these guys and say the worst things you could imagine about them. And they just think that's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> so... Uh, I also take part in Kangaroo Court, which is one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of in my life. But honestly and seriously, I look forward to it every year. And, you know, yeah, you know as well as anybody, Tom, the weather in, 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 in Arizona and that part of the state in January is very iffy. Yeah, very. Um, and I've learned the last two years having gone out there in January for the fantasy camp, that you wake up in the morning, the temperature is 41, 42 degrees, and then it gets, you know, by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it'll be up to 65 or 66 or 67, which is a hotter temperature there than it is here because of the, 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 the intensity of the sun, which is fine. 
Um, but I love to see the guys that are former players that come back. Uh, most notably, uh, I start with one of my all-time favorite people in Lenny Harris. And to spend a week there and be in, in the room where the players dress and listen to the conversations that go on. Lenny normally holds court every day when all the the, uh, the the guys, the former Reds that are out there giving instruction and managing the teams are around. So it, it's really a it's really a very, very good week as far as I'm concerned to be around those guys again and to talk to the campers. And uh, I think it's it's just a special week. I really do. You know, the, the one guy here in our studio that, that I could see partaking down the road when he's old enough, because I don't think he's old enough. I'm sure he's not old enough yet, is Reed Mouse. As you know, he played baseball collegiately at Bluffton. But, but unfortunately, I think, Reed, you would want to go to the Cubs fantasy camp. Yeah, I don't, I, I've, I don't have a whole lot of desire to go to, a, go to a fantasy camp. but You could do it. I mean, you're in good shape. You stay fit. I'm sure it's fun, but, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a whole it, – it, it seems like a fun little week, but, yeah, not a whole lot of desire okay. to go down there. Would you go, Elliot? Uh, no, I, I'd be the mascot. I'd be the team mascot. Maybe, uh, if, if the mascot's a silly little clown, I could dance for him. Uh, Marty, I, I got, no, you sure could. yeah, you're, you're right. I could. Hey, you Mar sure I got could, a, pal. Marty, I got a question for you. It's a I got two actually. One's a serious question for you. One's a non-serious. I'll start with the serious. You've been okay. mentioning this. You met, you've been mentioning the starters. I do agree with you. Uh, uh, you have to stay healthy. Saying that, if they are healthy, you could make the argument that there's about seven guys uh, that could be fighting for the, those five spots. Would you see or could you see the Reds moving Nick Lodolo or Brandon Williamson to the bullpen to start the year? You know what? That's a good question, and I think that's a very real possibility. Thank I you. really do. I, I think one of those two guys, um, you know, I, I think Williamson would probably be more receptive to it um, than Lodolo might, but at the same time, if you're talking about you know being a guy who is team first, then I think that's a real possibility. And you and I agree with you. They've got a lot of guys uh, that are going to be battling for the rotation spots. Some of whom, uh, if if that's not a plan, uh, they're guys that could open the year in Louisville uh, that pitched extensively up here in 2023. Um, no, I think that's a very good question, and I salute you for asking an intelligent question. Nice job. Now let's hear the stupid one. Okay, now here's the stupid one. There's been a lot of talk of Titanic in this studio. Tom likes to bring up the Titanic any, any, anytime something goes wrong in here. We've had Wi-Fi outages. Uh, I guess it's, it's – Well, I canceled my dad the other day. Yeah, canceled your interview the other day. It's, I guess it's part of the perks of living in Hamilton. Um, you just don't get Wi-Fi or any internet service here in the in the town. But I'll tell you what, Marty, uh, if you think about the Titanic, the film, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. Do you think there was enough room on that on that driftwood for Jack? Would you have saved Jack if you were that girl? Would you have saved him? <laughs> no, no, or was that Not just a, a stupid? <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Yes, that young him... man, goodbye. <laughs> See you later, buddy. I agree with you. I'll, I agree with I'll, you. I'll, I'll, I'll pick you up again in the in the home upstairs. That's right. <laughs> I like that. See That's you, all... Jack. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. What in the world prompted you to ask him that question? Well, we've been talking about the Titanic for two weeks You've now. been talking about the no, Titanic. No, talk... mariachi band. Yeah, yeah you talked was about mariachi, mariachi bands. You talked about Jack sinking on the wooden part of the ship. The, the driftwood. Yeah, the driftwood. 
So yep. I mean, nobody else is talking about the Titanic except for you and now my dad. No, it's you. It's always you. And you, you Brennamans and your Titanic struggles, there is no Titanic struggle bigger than the actual Titanic struggling to stay afloat. <laughs> I'd say that right now. <laughs> I like that, Elliot. That, Thank that's you. Good. That's good Thank stuff. You. Anytime good I stuff. Can, anytime I can make you smile, Marty, it makes my month. Well, you you most definitely have done that. Thank you. Most now, definitely have done it. Casey, do you have anything for Mr. Brenneman today? <laughs> I don't have anything to follow up with that. No. You don't? No. Dad, somebody... Casey, you're bored with all this, aren't you? Bored? No. Yeah, he really no. is. Okay. He is. He is. He's just trying to keep this sinking Titanic afloat. Oh, did I just say that? Hey, now, <laughs> the shift gears here for a minute to basketball because you brought up Wes Miller. Yeah. Do you think you'll go down and see in person this winter? Because I know you'll go see your beloved Tar Heels who look like they're getting their act together now. I mean, they're playing very, very well. They're right there with our guy, Cal. They got it going yeah. on six, seven, eight in the country. But do you think you, you will go down to see either Xavier or UC play in person this winter? Probably not. But I watch them on television. I don't like big crowds. I don't. I don't like the hustle and bustle of getting in the stadium and or getting into the field house or or the Centos uh, Center or whatever the case it might be. Yeah, it's but very a big leaguer like you, you could get a spot right next. I mean, let's be honest here now. I mean, you're not going to do what Elliot did the other night and spend an hour trying to park. I mean, no. a big leaguer like you, if they know you're coming down, like our friends uh, John Burns over at Encore. Or somebody down at Cintas, at you know, at Xavier, or whatever. I mean, they're, they're going to make it where you just basically pull right up and you walk in the gate. Well, you see, you see, there's a mistake you make, and I cannot believe that my son would phrase a question dealing with my going down to see him play, and it's who I am, and all that crap. I don't call anybody and say, "Hey, this is Marty Brenneman." I need a couple no, of good no, no. I, seats. I wasn't, I wasn't implying that. I wasn't implying, I don't do and if that. I did, I, I, I beg your pardon. I wasn't implying that you would pick up the phone and do that. But if your no. friend and mine, John Burns, right, who runs Encore, sure. he's a big UC Correct. guy, right? He if is. he were to call yes. you up and say, hey, Marty, you know, uh, I, I got tickets to the bot in our skybox or whatever it's called uh, up here. Love to have you come down. They're taking on TCU, whoever it is, Oklahoma, whatever, right? And, uh, hey, right. I'd love to come you down there. Now, there's a good chance somebody would set it up, not you, but somebody would set it up where, hey, by the way, you can park in that area right between Nippert and, you know, Fifth Third Arena, so you can just walk right in, and you're, you're all good. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would, cons I would consider that. Okay. I, I would definitely consider that. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen, I don't care because I can, I can glean just like – you know, and I sat in John's box last season uh, to watch uh, the Bengals and, and Kansas City play at uh, Paycor. And that's the first time I'd seen the Bengals play live since 1977. And and I enjoyed it immensely. But I told Amanda, one thing leaving. They may It may be another 40 years before I go back. I don't like I don't like the big crowds. I can watch. I can see more and glean more. And I learned this by sitting in a private box at the football stadium from sitting at home, watching it on television than I can down there because you're a long way from the field in one of those private boxes. And so you find yourself watching TV 
as much or more than you do watching the actual live action on the field. If I were watching TV more than I'm watching the field, I might as well stay home and watch it. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Gentlemen, anything else for uh, Mr. Brenneman today? No, I asked my stupid question. I'm good. But you asked a good one. You got Thank kudos you. for Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. You did. For it. You really you did. did. You okay, guys well, acquitted yourselves very, very well today, and I'm impressed by that. Wow. Thank you. Not that I believe it's going to be consistent, but I'm impressed by today and today stands alone. God bless all of you. Well, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere. (laughs) That is correct. There's no doubt. You got to start somewhere. All right. Well, safe travels uh, to uh, sunny Arizona. I hope it's sunny Arizona for you out there. And I'll I'll see your mother-in-law while I'm out there. Yeah, tell them all I said hello. All right. I will. I will. All right. God's good being with you guys. All right. You bet. Thank you. All right. See you. Bye bye. Be good. All right. Uh, Good stuff there from the Hall of Famer, as always. Always. Well, he said something nice about you today, Elliot. That's the first I don't know if that's a first or what the deal is. I'm. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do, Tom, after the show, I'm gonna clip that out and I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna tweet it, and it's gonna. It's gonna live on X.com forever. That Marty Brenneman once said something nice about me. Anytime I can make him laugh, that's my only goal, Tom. I have one job per week, and that is to make him laugh just once. Just once. And I, and I know I'm doing my job well. You should get one of those picture frames that play videos. Yes. Now and, we're talking. And you should clip that out, put that on your nightstand, just so to be – you just yeah. hear, good job, Elliot, from the Hall of Famer every every night before you rest your little eyes. I just need to be told good job by somebody. And if Marty's the one to do it, he's the one to do it. Well, don't we tell you around here that you do a good job? No. Never. No, you don't. I don't? No, you don't. And neither so does So when Reed, I say good show today, Casey. guys, good going. That's not saying good, that not, not saying good job. Is yeah. this like a learning moment that I have to have right now? No. Because I'm open. No I'm learn- open. No, I'm there's open. no learning moment. My wife can tell me everything I do <laughs> wrong for hours and hours. <laughs> and she makes that a regular deal. So I am more than open for this kind of conversation. Does she ever tell you what you do right? That's the problem. That's the problem. You can criticize. That's the problem. And, and I say this all the time, and I try to tell you, you, know, you younger guys getting married or about to get married or whatever it might be, that is the problem right there. Is that, and, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it too. I'm not suggesting it's only the, the, the wife. Right. Right. I mean, maybe we don't compliment them enough That's on right. how they look or the things they do around the house or Whatever it might be, mm-hmm. things they're doing that are important to them with a charity that they work with, right? right? Any of those kinds of things. So that, that is something that, that us as men, we probably all need, me, me right at the top of the list, need to do better. I mean, I've been married to the same woman 23 years. And, and marriage ain't easy. It's not easy at all. But one thing that would go a long way in a successful marriage is to never lose sight of those things mm. and to say them out loud. You might think them a lot, right. Right. but to say it. Right. Listen, right? You, you can, if you only criticize and you don't give a claim or you don't, you don't give, hey, good jobs and stuff like that, then the criticism falls on deaf ears. You got you to give and take. You got to give it. Well, there's a lot of take. A lot. It's like, it's like raising a dog, Tom. <laughs> you, you, you bop them on the nose when they do something wrong. You just keep bopping them on the nose. And you never say, hey, good job. See, good I don't do that to my dog because he's the only friend I have around that house now that the kids <laughs> okay. are gone. I'll move into your house right now, Tom. You, got an empty you just net. told me I didn't tell you you do a good job. Yeah, but we can mend this you relationship. You can move in right we can now. This, 
we can mend this relationship real quick. I'll, I'll move in. I'll take Luke's room. Uh, he's out of the house now. Yep. I will then become your your son, your second son. I'm all in. And then and then we'll go from there. I have said to my wife for years, we ought to be, we ought to be adopting kids. That's, so we may as well bring in a young adult. That's right. 24 years young. How about me, Casey, and Elliot? We move into your house. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm all good with that. And then I'm sure you have a flag post outside. Right? Flag? Like you have somewhere to post a flag? American flag. We have one up constantly. Well, it's so funny you say that we'll because I was driving down my street today at 6 o'clock this morning. Yeah. And I don't know why it made me think of it. Because sometimes when the kids come home, we'll put the TCU flag up or the Indiana flag up or both of them up. Right? Right. But we constantly, all the time, have an American flag up. And for some reason, when I'm pulling out of my drive, I can't believe you just said this, that I'm pulling out today and I'm looking at our house had the flag. I'm like, gosh. You know, my wife changed that out, and I'm like, there's an example of something I need to tell her. You know, I'm glad you did that. Thanks for doing that. It's important to me, right? And, 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 and so for the first time ever, I'm driving down my street, and I'm looking at the houses that have an American flag up. So how many houses, if you include mine, and let's say from mine until you get to a stop sign, let's say there are seven houses on each side of the street, mm -hmm. okay? So let's call it 15, including ours. How many do you think have an American flag up? 15 houses. I counted them today, so I know the answer to this question. Well, it can't be 15. I'm not sure you can count that. Three. I'm going to say houses. five. Casey? About good old seven. Okay. Lindsay, you have a guess? Out of 15, how many have an American flag? Uh, four. Four? Four. Answer's eight. Eight. Okay. Hey, that's not enough. Well, that's you pretty good. That's not enough. I think that's pretty good, Not actually. enough. I have, and I, have, I could have told you who the eight, the seven, that don't before I even got in the car. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. All you got to do is drive around in political season, and you'll know right away. <laughs> Reed flies the W flag outside of his house. Yeah, I've, I've flown a lot of flags in my outside my house, Tom. I don't, I've never flown an American flag outside my house. I fly a W flag. I fly no, you don't. A Bengals No, flag. you don't. Oh, yeah, I do. So if, when the Cubbies win, like at Wrigley, you put up it W? It flies all baseball season. So during baseball season, the W flags up. Oh, my God. When it's God. after baseball season, it goes, to, uh, it goes to a Bengals flag. And then after the Bengals flag, we get into holiday season, so there's no flag out. Now there will be a Xavier flag flown outside my house until baseball season. So that's we got a, we got a little rotation. And not to change the subject, but Noah in the chat would like some Supercross coverage. Do you have anything to say about Supercross? I think Supercross is really cool. I know only one Supercross. I know a couple of them, but my guy is Eli Tomac. Shout out to Eli Tomac. Uh, again, I don't know. I, I forget what kind of bike he rides, but my uncle is a big fan, and he watches it. I don't watch it a lot, obviously, but I do watch it every once in a while, so I know him. There's a Hamilton guy in it, too. That's uh, top five in the yeah, standings right, or whatever. Right. But, but he won Supercross. We give him Supercross. Okay, there we go. In the city of, city of sculpture. Is, city it of super is it time for NFL now? May we discuss the NFL? You didn't want to talk about NASCAR? Or? No, no NASCAR. We stop it at Supercross. Okay. Okay. Fair I enough. think there's some big games this weekend. The joke I was going to make, Tom, about the flag being outside your house. I was like, me, Casey, and Elliot can move in. Yeah. Then, then we'll put a flag with some like Greek letters out there. We'll have a frat house. Just, just, just us four. I'm all in. We throw my wife out, and we can just let right. all hell just, break loose, right? right? Right. Man, the old days. Bring them back. <laughs> just like Athens. <laughs> Bring them back. A town. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Um, bring Steve from Chicago. Super chat. I'm gonna bring you. An L flag. You can fly that. <laughs> we actually have the 
The Cincinnati Red flag <laughs> from Wrigley Field. That's Don't. right. Buddy of mine gave me that for, I think it was my um, 40th birth. No, I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, he gave me that as a thank you um, for doing him a, a few favors many, many years ago. Mark Miser up in Columbus, Ohio. That was actually flew. That's what that is? At Wrigley. That's from Wrigley yeah. Field, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why we fly it. So, Tom, while we're talking about baseball, and, and we'll talk a lot about the NFL in the second, second hour, you and your dad talked quite a bit about Brent Suter. Your overall opinions on the signing of Brent Suter. I, I'm very, very excited about it. I like the kid a lot, and I like the pitcher a lot. I think that, you know, my dad touched on something, and I didn't want to just sit there and talk about Suter the whole time. There are other things we wanted to get to. but And, and, and it ties in with what you're talking about, Elliot. What's interesting is, is because, I really believe that one of the biggest dilemmas the Reds are going to face this season is even if Green, Lodolo, Abbott, Ashcraft, not so much Williamson, but, but, but those guys, and by the way, before you go any further, just let me just say for the record on this show right now, and I did a 180 watching this guy during the year, and I'll probably be wrong, but I got to tell you, I think moving Williams into the bullpen would be a bad idea. I think this guy's got a chance to be really good. He's got good stuff. I think he's got a chance. He's got moxie about him out there. Mm -hmm. He takes the ball. He doesn't break down. Um, there, but that, that's for a different conversation, different time. But I, I, I think because one of the real challenges they're going to the face, and, and look, they can be ranked on paper as one of the top five, six, eight rotations in baseball. But the problem is going to be, if they do stay healthy, and we pray they do, we pray for every player in every sport to stay healthy, these guys are going to be on an innings limit for this year. The only guy who stayed healthy all of last year, once they brought him up, was Williamson. He did not miss starts. Ashcraft was out a couple different times, right? Hunter Green was out for a long time. Lodolo basically missed the entire year. He had less than a handful of starts, shut him down with a leg problem. Abbott extended it last year. And, you know, good for him. The kid's a gamer, and he said, I want to take the ball. I, I don't want to be shut down. But he was getting shut down by opponents because they were roughing him up big time. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the reasons you're seeing them bring in Guys like Martinez, mm -hmm. guys like now Suter, is because I think you're going to see David Bell early in the year manage this starting rotation and know that he can lean on a Suter or a Martinez to come in and pitch two, three, four innings in a game out of the bullpen. Now, you can't do that twice a week. But I, I think that that's the game plan here. Because, look, Nick Crawl and these guys know the deal. I'm not saying anything they don't know already. They know their starters are in a very touchy situation going into this season. I mean, Lodolo may not get to, even if he's healthy, he may, they may not let him throw 120 innings this year. They might not. He has not been healthy for two years. Hunter Green has not been healthy for really four years you go back to when he had the arm surgery yep. now you're building him back up he comes to the big leagues he gets hurt last year big leagues hurt out for two months i mean you've got three guys if you include ashcraft and then there's montas 
They can say he's healthy. Right. Okay, but he's another guy. Right. Now, he's a veteran guy, been around a little while, been through, you know, okay, he's got a little more under his belt than the other guys. But he is coming off a major shoulder problem where he didn't pitch much. So I think that's why you're seeing them go out and get guys like Suter and Martinez and, and guys that are capable of giving you more than just one or even two innings out of the bullpen on any given night. Yeah, and, a, you know, in a, in a rotation and a staff full of question marks, Suter and Martinez are a couple of periods, right? You know what you're going to get with those two. And I like to poke a lot of fun at the Cincinnati Reds, obviously, because I'm a Cubs fan. And there is quite literally – no one in Major League Baseball I hate more than Brent Suter because he's a, he's, he's a stand-up guy. I, I, I get all these things. But for some reason, watching Brent Suter come in the seventh and eighth inning when he played for the Milwaukee Brewers yep. and Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber go up to the plate and they're facing a guy throwing 81 miles an hour just flipping it up there, yep. it drove me absolutely crazy every single time. He's, he's, he's a really good arm. He's a really – and like I said, in, in a staff full of a lot of question marks – Brent Suter, Nick Martinez, guys like these are a couple of periods where you know you're going to get quality innings, and in a season where you got to get 14, uh, what is it, 14 and a half hundred innings over the course of a year, you know you're going to get quality innings from Brent Suter no and guys like Nick, Nick Martinez. And it is interesting to see that the bullpen was arguably uh, the best part of the team last year. Certainly, it was it was a top ten bullpen in Major League Baseball. They've well, it was from May until. It was still, it's still through finished. August. It still finished pretty good. Okay. All right. Um, well, the, the closer was terrible the last month. He was. He was worn out. But I don't think that was a result of really the bullpen. I think that was the result of uh, starting pitching, not being able to go two innings. Well, of so, course. So, but, I, but my point being that the Reds have now upgraded an already top 10 bullpen. I think, it, again, this comes down to the young guys. If Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, Noel V. Marte, Strand, Steer, if everybody can replicate what they did last year to some degree and maybe improve, uh, definitely Ellie, I would like to see him improve. If that happens, this team is going to smash that 82.5 win total. Smash it. They, they, they have a chance to win 90 games this year. I, I, I firmly believe that. If they stay healthy and if they play up to the potential that they showed us last year. The NL Central is so interesting because it's there's there's a lot of teams with, I think, I believe similar talent. Like, I truly believe, like the Reds, Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers. I think Nick Kirby said this one time. When it comes to the NL Central, you could see any team winning it. You can see any team finishing in last place. And I truly believe that. Well, I don't see the Pirates having any chance of winning it. I, listen, I, I, you guys can keep calling me crazy. The Pirates are are closer than you might think. Okay. That's you, fine. I mean, they won 75 games when their best player got hurt in April. Can't argue that. They won that. 75 games with their best player coming come in April. They have the, a top five farm system. The Cubs have the number one farm system. Um, obviously, the Cardinals have a couple of Hall of Famers that, that anchor the corners of their infield. The Brewers are on their last leg of, of their team's success. I could see... I truly can see any of these teams winning the NL Central. I can truly see any of the teams in the NL Central finishing in dead last. It's fair. That's a fair comment. Uh, Nick Kirby jumped in, says, I wouldn't lump Ashcraft in there because most of his injuries have been fluky things. Look, I, I, I'm not bad-mouthing any of these guys. But the bottom line is he's missed time. Broken toe, you know, stuff like that, whatever it is. The bottom line, that prevents you from pitching. And so if you pitched 140 innings in one year – they're not going to let you go 190 the next year. 
even though a guy like Ashcraft's big, strong, tough guy, love his makeup, love his stuff. But I'm just saying, I think he will be included in that group where they will have an innings limit on him rather than just turning guys loose and say, here we go. Right. Let's go. Right. Derby Stardom said, Pirates might have the worst team in the NL. That might be true, but I'll ask the question. If the Cincinnati Reds with a very good farm system and a lot of young players can go from 61 wins or whatever they had two years ago to competing for a playoff spot last year, why can't the Pittsburgh Pirates when they won 76 games last year without their best player on the field? That's so, a great point. Pittsburgh Pirates, like me and Kirby, are maybe alone in the take that the Pittsburgh Pirates are closer than a lot of people want to give them credit for. If you want to die on that hill, you may you may go feel free to do so. All right. Now, even Nick Kirby's in your corner. Pirates. Pirates. I listen. I don't think that the Pirates. I are, bet are anybody win the any amount of money they want to bet. Will you Will you bet me that they? I'll finished? take the field and give you the Pirates, and I'll give you ten to one odds on whatever you want to bet. That the Pirates won't finish last place in the NLC. No, that the Pirate uh, that they won't win the division. Oh, yeah, I'd bet everything that they won't. I give you thirty to one. If it was worth my while on a dollar amount, mm-hmm. they ain't I don't, winning I don't know the what division. Their odds are. They're not winning the division. But like I said, like if the Reds, if the Reds can compete for it after winning seven, 61 games, and they have a good farm system, they got a lot that, of young players. That's fair. They they, they won seventy six last year. They that's won seventy six games last year without O'Neill Cruz. So listen, I think the Pirates are good, and I don't know what their odds are to win the win the NL Central, but it's probably closer to like 30 to 1 like you were given. Nick Kirby says, if I had a free $10 bet on a National League Central Division future, I'd put it on the Pirates. Will you give me 3 to 1? I'll bet you 3 to 1. So I, I win three, $3 for every dollar you bet that the Pirates finish better than the Reds. Oh, I'll take that bet. All right. I'll take, I'll take that. that. I'll right. take that. Bet. There we go. Okay. We got two bets. Um, okay, we're going to get to a break. We have some uh, commercials to get to. And then uh, the last hour, it's all about the National Football League. We got through the first, what, nine? Was that it? Ten. Ten. We got the final five. We got the final five today. And again, for those of you that may not have been with us yesterday, um, uh, I picked from 14th, which is the worst chance, to number one, which is the best chance of reaching the Super Bowl among all the playoff teams. And we factored into this, you know, who are the best teams? Uh, How many of them have uh, potentially a number of home games or maybe even more more than one home game? All those, uh, their road to get to a Super Bowl, clearly much tougher uh, in the AFC than it appears to be in the NFC. It appears that way. Although, you know, the more I think about it, if you were to take the top two teams in the AFC and the NFC, so you have the 49ers, and I think we all would agree with the Dallas Cowboys. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then you take the top two teams in the AFC with the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Right? Right. I'm not so sure, because you're going to have to go through more than likely barring t- – two or three major upsets. You're going to have to go through those places to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not so sure that the NFC is not tougher in that regard, just the top two, because Dallas is so good at home. Yeah, not to spoil anything, but Dallas is 16-0 and at home the last two years. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're incredible at home. Um, Who's the two-seed? Are the Lions the two-seed? 
Dallas. 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 But Dallas I think it's I think it's much harder to play in the AFC, not not because of the teams that they play, but the actual weather. Yes, like, there's no doubt about that. And I know that seems like a lame reason, but going to play in Baltimore in this weather, brutal. Buffalo right now has like a foot of snow yep. in their stadium. And it's like, freezing. The, the three yeah. best the three best teams in the AFC all play outdoors, very cold, very yeah. cold weather cities. No, you won't face hard weather in the NFC at all. No, and I think that had a lot to do with Philadelphia last year in the NFC when they went through because they were playing in terrible weather. They're in Philly. You know, uh, in a cup two, what, two of those games they had at home in the playoffs. Like, brutal. Championship cold. Um, okay, Casey, take it away. All NFL coming up here in a minute. All right. The uh, future Bengals Bearcats report that we'll do at some point is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And let me tell you about Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF. Drink lots of Pawnee water and uh, technology solutions from Encore. Uh, Elliot, do you want to take over the super chats or? Sure, sure. I think we read, didn't we read that one? We read that. There was only one super one. chat, but I'll read it again. Sure. He's going to fly. Steve from Chicago, $1.99. I'm going to bring you the L flag. Fareed, he's going to fly the L flag. I've actually had three different people that watch our show identify my home because they drove, they're from Hamilton and they drove a semi-busy street and uh, they see the W flag where I live. So Not they're that. like, is this your home? And I'm like, yep, that's where I live. Please don't egg it. Um, I got 43 windows, a lot of windows that you could egg, but uh, please don't do that. And he's um, got to replace those windows too. Yep, $160,000 to replace them. Nah, it's like 30 grand. But here's the thing, guys. Um, we have recently hit a milestone here. I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but Chatterbox Sports' YouTube has hit 11,000 subscribers. So a little clap here. Um, so, guys, if you are watching the stream and you aren't already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that bell notification to let you know when we go live. So Chatterbox Reds, Chatterbox Bearcats, Off the Bench, all the things that we do here on YouTube, you will get an immediate notification about that. And like the stream. Like the stream. And it helps us go far. And on top of that, if you want to support us even further than that, there's an option to become a member, which you will get exclusive things like exclusive streams, box lunch. We do things with a, um, a gaming stream with you guys. Um, plan to, to, to do that maybe next week because I forgot to bring my PlayStation this week. Um, also, there's uh, other stuff in the future that we plan on doing. Um, discounts for the merch store, things like that. Um, am I forgetting one other thing? I feel like I'm forgetting one other thing. You can fire read. There's a yes. fire read option for those of you that want to try to fire read. Yes, I came in a little grumpy and I was like, please just fire me. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Same. I came in, came in a little, little grumpy today. And uh, so yeah. Also, I like the, I like the advice that I got on how not to be grumpy from this weather. Just don't go outside. That's fair. That's I'll fair. tell you or what. Or go to Arizona. 
it was pouring down rain my entire drive in. Uh, and there was a point during that drive I was like, what are we doing? Let's just turn around and go home. And I'll, and I'll get under the sheets, and we'll have a good time. This is the worst time of the year. I've said this for forever. Obviously, winter has the worst, worst weather. This has been the worst winter in a while, though, in terms of that there's just, like, no no signs of winter except for the cold. Like, there's no – like, I, I know people don't like the snow, but I like to look at the snow every once in a while. It hasn't even really been that cold yet. It hasn't snowed. It hasn't been well, – it It's been, the anticipation <laughs> of what it's about it to come. It hasn't even been that cold yet. It's, just been, it's actually been the wettest winter that I can remember. I, I don't remember it raining like this in January – Ever. And it's rained for about two weeks straight, and it's going to turn into snow here soon. Here's the thing about the winter is uh, it blows its budget. It has The winter has a few fun things. It has the holidays. It has New Year's. And it just like says, all right, we're going to do it right in the first week of winter. Next For the next three months, all you got to do is uh, look forward to it getting warm again. So. I just I already know where Elliot was going with that. If you look at like the next two weeks. This next two weeks, those, it'll be very, very cold. It is so cold. I just absolutely hate it. Yep. Absolutely hate it. Tom, how do you avoid getting upset from the weather? You just don't let it affect you. I try not to. I let a lot of other things uh, affect me that I shouldn't. Traffic. Traffic's oh, a bad one. I don't, I don't care. I, I can sit in traffic for hours and it won't bother me. Really? See, oh. that's just a difference in, in the way we're wired. Right. That I, was one of the almost sole reasons I left the Cubs. I couldn't take it. Take the Chicago traffic anymore? Yeah. I mean, driving to the airport... Hour and 45 minutes, you know, it's 20 miles outside of downtown, right? Two hours on a Sunday night. We'd land. You're like, oh, it's Sunday night. Hell, there's nobody on the road. We get in from St. Louis playing a Sunday afternoon game. Be 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock. You jump in the car and click on. You, you always have to jump in the car. Nobody does this in Cincinnati. Jump in the car and turn on the radio to hear the traffic. As soon as you get in. That's brutal. Two hours. Two hours. I think if I lived in Chicago. Lost my mind. If I lived in Chicago, I wouldn't own a car. I don't think I would. I think I would just take the public transit everywhere. My, my, my well, there, there's some places you just, I mean, if you're, if you're, there are some jobs you can do that. But there are like a lot you, of jobs you can't do that. Like, like for example, with the Cubs, we weren't landing, we were landing at O'Hare. But we were pulling off down to an area where private charters mm. come in. So you'd park your car in there. If you were hoping to get on the train from the actual O'Hare airport, you would have to ask somebody from whatever uh, company, United, we used. You'd have to have somebody out there to drive you back to the terminal to then get on the, get on the train to go into the city. You couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Now, there are a lot of people I know, you know, young people that have jobs there and, and they don't have a car and you, you don't need one. You're fine. Yeah, one of, uh, one of my best friends from high school moved out there and she, um, she has lived there for six years now, seven years, and has never owned a car. Yep. Never owned a car. Takes Ubers, takes the CTA everywhere. Gets around just fine. And for those that say, AJ and Mr. Moe, about Chicago being a pit, it is not a pit at all. I love Chicago. It is a great place to live in the city downtown. Whole nine yards. Um, it's it, it was a great place. I don't know so much anymore. Uh, my my friends tell me that live there that it's a whole different place there now. I told you that I lived in a homeless shelter on Sixty Third Street for a month, right? That was a that was an eye opening experience. I'm sure it was. Was was an eye opening experience, and and I love Chicago. I know all the rumors about the violence and everything like that, 
when I lived on 63rd Street in that homeless shelter, there was a school about a block away, and I was walking to get lunch one day, and I, I, we, we heard gunshots like a block away mm. from this school. And all the kids were out at recess, and they all jumped on the floor, covered their head. Then when the gunshots stopped, they popped right back up and started playing again. It was like, I was like, what the? Because if that happened here, if that happened where I went to school in St. Pete's, if we heard one gunshot within a mile, like if, as loud as long as far as you can hear a gunshot, our parents would be picking us up in an hour. Well, right? St. Pete in Hamilton. Yeah. Well, times have changed in Hamilton. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Because you could be outside enjoying a concert and hear a gunshot. That's right. You wouldn't have. You did and the not next hear thing that. You know, you're down. Boom! See, Sniper. See, <laughs> see, they didn't hear that gunshot. That gunshot just fell. That that bullet just fell. That was the best part of that shot. Is just that you didn't even know it was shot, <laughs> raining from the sky. Mm. Mm. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Uh, we want to start with uh, the final five. Let's do final five. All right, let's start with the final five. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to let these guys, I'm encouraging these guys to, to agree or pick it apart, whatever it might be. And then what we're going to do is actually talk about each of these games because we had assignments yesterday. We did. Your assignments were what, again, uh, Elliot? It is to, uh, 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 what is it called? Uh, uh, preview. Preview of the game. Or not a preview, a uh, preview. Uh, it was like to uh, a, a tidbit for each game, or okay. for one game. So you had two games you were assigned yesterday. Yes. Do you remember right. what they are? It was yeah. It was the Rams. I picked. Well, it was the Rams Lions game. Then it was the Browns um, Texans Texans. Okay, and your two games. I had the two AFC games between the Steelers and Bills. Yeah. And the Dolphins and uh, the Chiefs. Both games will be blistering cold. Yes, it will. And Casey, you had. I had Dallas and Packers. That's game. right. And I was assigned Tampa Bay hosting Philadelphia. That's correct. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to do all that. We're going to pick the games for this week. Uh, and we encourage any of your thoughts, as always, in the chat. All right, here we go. My uh, number five team, most likely to reach the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has never gone on the road for a playoff game. Now, does that mean he can't win a road playoff game? You'd be an idiot to think he can't. He's Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the league. But this ain't Kansas City of the last four years where they've been to three Super Bowls. You like them there at five? I love them at five. Yeah, five makes a whole lot of sense. You guys, I mean, everyone is absolutely right when they don't look like the Kansas City teams. I actually did a little experiment yesterday where I looked up how many points the Kansas City Chiefs were scoring in each of their playoff runs. And I was, even knowing how good their offense was, I was surprised by how many points. I mean, we're talking 35, 38, 42 points nearly every single game. The only games in which they didn't do that were against the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is a team that has prided itself on offense. Hasn't been that way this year. Now what they do have is they've kind of flipped their motto, right? They're a defensive team yep. now. They've got a top five defense. And I don't think they get enough credit for that. And here they go there. They're playing against a team in the Miami Dolphins, who I've been low on all season long. Miami Dolphins, who never play well in cold weather, and they're going to play in minus 30 degrees. And I don't want to get into that game too much because I, I'll, I'll preview it a little bit. But I can't see a world in which the Kansas City Chiefs lose this game um, tomorrow night. And it's going to be Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. It would surprise no one if they made the, the Super Bowl. It wouldn't, really wouldn't. It shouldn't at least. It might surprise you, but it shouldn't because they have the best coach and the best quarterback in the playoffs. So, 
yeah, I, I, I really like the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they will win the Super Bowl, but they can certainly get to an AFC Championship game with the talent that they have. Isaiah Pacheco, in, in my opinion, will be, their, will be their key. If Isaiah Pacheco can scamper around there in that weird way that he runs for 100, 120 yards, yep. 100 yards, they'll be fine. They'll be more than fine. won't really matter what Patrick does. Okay. Casey, you like him at five? Yeah, I think five is fine. Um, much to Elliot's point, I think uh, little electric mouse Pikachu, Isaiah Pacheco, is going to be the key to this game for them. I think they've got a really great interior offensive line to get push. And uh, I, I just, with all the injuries on the Dolphins' side, I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep up. So I like the pick here, number five. I think they're going to move on this round. Okay. All right, now we move to the final four. Dallas, uh, they're going to host two games. If they win, and they're going to win, they're going to beat Green Bay. Uh, they would host then a second-round game. We mentioned Casey said it a minute ago. Uh, they are really, really good, unbeatable, in fact, in their last 16 at home. And I, I just don't see them losing. I don't. They got a good defense. They got a good – when they want to run it, they don't run it a lot. When they want to run it, they're okay. Pollard's good back. And, and Dak is having a just an outstanding season. You like four, Cowboys? They are. It's the highest I would have ranked them in years, to be honest with you, because I've always thought they were a fraud. But something says something different to me this year. I, I obviously know what your top five is, and I agree with pretty much every single pick from here on out. Yeah, Dallas at four makes the most sense. They're going to get to play two home playoff games. They're, 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 very, they're very fast. They're such a fast team. And when they get a play at home, they're even faster. And they're just tough to beat. I mean, the, the, this Cowboys team—they've had some—they've had their lumps in the postseason. They've had their lumps against the Packers in the postseason. Yep. But well, I that's think, Aaron Rodgers. Some say Jordan Love played better than Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, but yeah, I like the Cowboys. I also like the Cowboys at four. I think if you are able, again, if Mike McCarthy is able to utilize his timeouts correctly, if he's not going to do anything silly, if Dak Prescott will somehow play up to the potential that we all know he can play to. They will win a lot of football games. CeeDee Lamb has been a beast. Yep. Casey said he's been the second-best receiver in the NFL this season. Uh, yeah, the, the Cowboys at four is more than fair. I do like them getting to an a NFC championship game. I'm reading a lot of people in the chat. They like Green Bay to cover seven and a half. I also do. I like Green Bay to cover that as well. Okay. But I still like the Cowboys. Casey Rue? Yeah, I like the Cowboys a lot here. I think that their, uh, their pass rush is relentless. I think that their offense is very explosive. They can run the ball if they want to. Um, more more than not, more times than not, they don't really need to because of how great C.D. Lamb has been. The emergence of Jake Ferguson at tight end has really helped that offense as well. They just have a lot of options. Yep, they're very well balanced in just about every single facet of the game. I think they're really good on run D, pass defense, run offense, pass offense. They're just good all around. Even on special teams, they're they're good. Their kicker is phenomenal. Their punter is an all-pro. So, yeah. Yeah, they're the whole package. There's no doubt. And, um, you know, the question will be, ultimately, if, if the seedings play out, can they go to San Francisco after they were just absolutely, I mean, blown out of the gym by the 49ers earlier this year? Uh, could they go there and win? So, that brings us to number three, and that's Buffalo. Uh, like Dallas... We talked about the top two seeds on each side, and these are going to be our final four. They've earned it, right? Dallas plays great at home. Buffalo is so wildly inconsistent. If I were a betting man, somebody gave me the field, okay, and, 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 and they wanted to take Buffalo, 
I am predicting Buffalo will get nowhere near the Super Bowl at the end of the day. I think they're going to find a way to spit it up. I think Allen's going to find a way to turn it over. Uh, And even though talent-wise they might be better than some other teams, um, I I think they are more than capable of getting beat at any time. They're also more than capable, which is why I put them at three, uh, of beating anybody, anywhere, anytime. I think, though, they have their hands full, and I'll probably have egg on my face on Monday. I think they have their hands full this weekend. I don't think they have their hands full. Men of aluminum. I don't think they Men of aluminum. I'll give you credit. If if the Steelers beat the Bills, I will give you all the kudos in the world come Monday. But I just don't see that whatsoever. I have have a, a take that the Buffalo Bills are perhaps the most fun team to watch in the NFL. Yeah. And it's Josh Allen. That's right. Josh Allen is such a is is so much fun to watch and that's cuz you don't know what the heck's going to happen. That's right. You don't know. Everyone talks about the turnovers. We made a lot of lot to do about it. But I mean when you score points like the Buffalo Bills do, who cares if you if you turn the ball over? Not all turnovers are created equal, but all touchdowns are created equal. A turnover where you throw the ball 50 yards downfield and it's an interception is not the same as as fumbling it in the backfield on the 10-yard line. So not everything is created equal and the Buffalo Bills uh, really over the last seven weeks you said they're inconsistent well they've been playing very consistent ball over the last seven weeks six and one um, their only loss coming to a ten and one at the time ten and one Eagles in overtime um, so I, the Buffalo Bills don't be surprised if they're hoisting that Lombardi trophy at the end of the playoffs I'm gonna be surprised uh, I would not be surprised. When I close my eyes, I can see Josh Allen hoisting Lombardi. Uh, not all turnovers are cre- created equal. They did have three against the Dolphins in the red zone. If that's going to continue, they are not going to win football games. I do agree with him that they're fun, but that's for the reasons that he says that they're so crazy that Josh Allen can turn the ball over on a whim. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl, but I do think they could. I do think it's possible. But you like him at three. I like him at three. All right. You like him better at two? I like him better at four, but I like him at three. Okay, you'd have flip-flopped them and down. I would have flipped the Cowboys. Okay, what about you, Case? Oh, man. Uh, Buffalo at three. Um, I'm not going to get into the ticky-tack stuff where I think, like, the Cowboys have a better chance than the Bills, but um, I think this is fair. If they can beat the Steelers, I mean, they have a pretty good shot. Yep. Um, it's just this game. I feel like these cold weather games where they're going to be forced to run the ball a lot, like the Steelers, that's just their that is their mo. I was just looking at some of the uh, the against the spreads for the Steelers and the Bills and just how they do in cold weather games. The Steelers are actually undefeated against the spread in cold weather games um, in the last couple years. So I. I don't know. I think this is going to be a much closer game than people think. I know that Buffalo has more explosive offense. If they can get through this really bad weather game, um, I like their chances. But this week is where I'm, I'm having a lot of pause. I really do think the Steelers have the team to be able to beat the Bills if they're forced to run the ball like they are going yeah. to have to be. The Bills have ran the ball very well over the last five weeks. Yes, they have. Um, I think it was Mr. Moe that said that. That was their big bugaboo is that they, they never ran the ball very well. They hired their offense – they fired their offensive coordinator, and things have turned around. And, and the team has turned around since that, since that move. Yeah, so, and that kid's a good back, man. James Cook? Yeah. Yeah. He's a nice player. I mean, I, I agree other than the fact that they have that passing attack to, like, force defenses to respect that part of their game. When that gets taken away and it comes down to being smash mouth, when it comes to, like, 
we're going to have to beat the guys up front. Steelers, man, that's a tough front seven to go up against. Tough sledding. Well, tough no sledding. TJ Watt. I know. I know. So they're, I, even they're even without TJ Watt. Do you think this will be the resurgence of playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette? Oh, that'd be huge. <laughs> playoff Lenny. That's yeah. what they call him. Yeah. Yeah, Leonard Fournette. I think yeah. it's huge. Got it. All right, uh, the top two are the top two teams. Uh, and I would give number two to San Francisco because I think that at the end of the day with Baltimore one, they've played this year already. Baltimore wore them out. Uh, I think that Baltimore is a tougher, more physical team. Um, you know, they, the, the one thing that, that I will say is that if they meet one another in the Super Bowl, what is the Super Bowl, Vegas? So, so weather's a non-factor right. once you get to the Super Bowl. Right. No, every year, except for the one year they did it in New York. Um, so, you know, maybe the speed of the 49ers and their sort of wide-open sort of play. But um, even though I think it is a harder road uh, to get to the Super Bowl, I think that if the Ravens – it comes down to this. I think if the Ravens had to play the Bills, the Ravens would drill them. And if – the Niners have to play the Cowboys. I think the Niners drill them. That's why we're 2-1, and one, not just because they're number one seeds. I agree with your top five almost entirely. When I think of the NFC, I can't imagine anybody but the 49ers winning. Yeah. Because the second best team is the Cowboys, and I, can't, I really can't see them getting to the Super Bowl because yep. I haven't seen it with my own eyes yet. Every time that they get to a, a position where you think that they – we keep fooling ourselves into thinking this Cowboys team's different – and then the postseason comes around, and it just doesn't happen. I can't imagine anybody but the 49ers. The Eagles don't look good. Um, the Lions, I can't trust the Lions. So nobody but the 49ers, in my opinion, are coming out of the NFC. Now, in the AFC, I could see any one of those three teams that you see on the top five right there. I can see any one of those teams. What about the Brownies? I can't see the Brownies. What about the Brownies? I can't see the Brownies winning the AFC. I can see any of those three teams. You know why? I believe in those three teams and not the Brownies because look at the quarterbacks of those three teams. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, arguably the three best quarterbacks in the NFL at this very moment. So that's why I think any of those three teams. But, yeah, I completely agree with your top five. Uh, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I also agree. I, I think if, if you have to give me Ravens or 49ers for the, for the, one, the one spot – I think the Ravens have an easier AFC championship game than the Niners would. So I would take the Ravens to have an easier path to get to the Super Bowl. So I would agree with you. There was a super chat from Sir Boy. Sir Boy. Did you see this, Tom? Uh, I just saw it. Tom has a better chance of giving a compliment about Newark TSA yep. than the Ravens winning it all. Tough sledding with that pick, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you like that's that that's my boy. You like that one. Sir Boy Wonder. What is this? Uh, by the way, he keeps saying something about... What is it called? His new show, Grinding the Peppa. Peppa. Grinding the Peppa. <laughs> okay, and when what's the deal? It, he, he's got a podcast? Yeah. Sir Boy. Yeah. It's called Grinding the Peppa. Grinding the Peppa. And what is it about? I mean, what's the, I mean, is it about sports? Is it about life? I think is they it... had their first show yesterday. I did not watch it, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sir Boy. I want to hear, Sir Boy, what it's all about. I tuned in. I, I was there for. It's about sports. I, right? I was there for a little bit. Yeah, it's about sports. Just chatting about sports. Now, I will say, he has for weeks now said that I, or I guess a week, that I grind the Peppa. He's been using it as a compliment, like leader of men. He said, Reed grinds the Peppa. Based on Sir Boy's tweet today, I don't know if I want to grind the Peppa. I, I, also, I also agree with Reed. If, if, if you're going to call me grinding the Peppa, if you're going to say I grind the Peppa, uh, please don't make it in reference to your most recent tweet. Yes, I do not want to grind the Peppa, if that's what grinding the Peppa is. If you had a bad tweet? <laughs> well, we'll look at it after the show. Mm -hmm. Casey? Uh, I... 
I like Tom's last two picks. I, I do. I think that the, those are fair. I mean, Ravens beat the 49ers. Um, I know this isn't uh, uh, to the Super Bowl necessarily, um, or who's going to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. But out of those teams, I think the Ravens are by far the best team in the NFL at the moment. 49ers, it's hard to beat the same team over and over and over again. I know they just absolutely dismantled the Cowboys, but we'll see if they can do it again, right? Um, yeah, I like, I like your top five. I okay. think your top five well, is well, good. Good. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, look, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to get down to the top five. Where we had most of our debate was basically from six on. A lot of people didn't like my pick with Philadelphia being as high as they were, which we'll get to that game here in a minute. Um, and um, I had Cleveland higher than some others. Uh, I would have moved Pittsburgh. For those of you that weren't with us, they checked in at 13, but I had done this a couple of days before I started looking at what the weather forecast was for Buffalo. And I think that Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh can win this game, I truly believe that Pittsburgh can go to Baltimore and win. Because there is just something about a division game and playing division opponents. And I, all you have to do is look, and I said it yesterday, is just look back to last year. Fellas, I, I don't think anybody remembers on paper what that game looked like last year when the Ravens came rolling in. Yeah. They're playing a third-string quarterback. Back up. They don't have the best player on their team. They don't have their two starting running backs. They didn't have two starting offensive linemen. They didn't have three starting defenders, if I remember right. Might have been four. And were it not for Tyler Huntley going up top at the one-yard line instead of going down low at the one-yard line, which would have given them the lead in the fourth quarter, the ball gets batted in the air, Sam Hubbard, 99 yards, whatever it officially went for, touchdown, turned the entire game. And the Ravens had no business being on the field with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all these guys who were having a great year, banged up offensive line or not. Because the Bengals proved the following weekend with a banged up offensive line that they could run it down anybody's throat. And they couldn't do anything against the Ravens in that game. They went to Buffalo the next week and made them look like a junior varsity team. So there is something about divisional matchups, especially in the postseason. I really believe if Pittsburgh can find a way, and it's, it's nothing shy of a minor miracle. Yeah. I mean, but the, but the bottom line right. is, correct me if I'm wrong, the Steelers play in the toughest division in football. The Steelers won 10 games this year with three different quarterbacks. The Buffalo Bills have been blessed with incredible health on the offensive side of the football. Defensive had a couple guys out. Mm -hmm. On the offensive side, they play in arguably one of the two or three worst divisions in football. Yeah, they still played a very tough schedule. And they won one more game than the Steelers won. Yeah, they still – I mean, they, they, play, they played a very tough schedule. They, they played the Chiefs. They played the Bengals. They played the, the Eagles. Well, Steelers out of, played out of the Chiefs. I, did they? Right. No. Oh, they did not. Okay. They, they right. played, oh, that's they played, right. They played – what am I thinking? They played the – yeah, they played the West this year. No. The Bengals played the number one from the West, which was the Chiefs. Oh, okay. All we right. Did, we okay. didn't play All the Raiders. We didn't okay. play the Chargers and All stuff right. like that. Okay. So the, the Bengals had to play – or the Bills had to play the Eagles. They had to play the Chiefs. They had to play the Cowboys. And they won two out of three of That's those right. Games. That was after they had a 21% chance of making a playoff. Tom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I don't – I mean – 
I don't see a. You're talking about the Steelers beating the Ravens next week. Not only do I think do I think that's not going to happen. I didn't say they would. I said that they would be able to go there and compete. I don't think they stand a prayer this weekend. Okay. Not a prayer. Okay. All right. That's fine. Fine. Like I said, and somebody asked. I said I might have egg on my face for thinking they have a chance. And the question was asked: Would those be scrambled? <laughs> How do you like your eggs, Tom? I'd like a sunny side up. We'd be good. Yeah. Be good. All right, Case, we ready to go through these games? Yeah, let's go through All right, through. let's start with it. Okay, and we're going to go in order of when they are being played. Okay. Okay. So, the Cleveland game is your game, Elliot. That's right. That is the Cleveland Browns at 4.30 tomorrow. Remember, there's two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday night. So, the very first game out of the gate, get done whatever you got to get done tomorrow, and then just settle in for the rest of the night. That's right. But, but stick $7 in your pocket behind the paywall known as Peacock. That's right. If you want to watch them both. All right, tell uh, us about the Browns and the Texans. Well, again, I'm gonna, this is just going to be really Joe Flacco propaganda. I wrote this up. I already found this. Um, so, Joe Flacco, all-time 10-5 and record in the postseason, including an undefeated 5-0 and in wild-card games. This is obviously a wild-card games. These numbers include one game where Joe only needed to complete four passes for 34 yards in a win. His average margin of victory is 17.5. Average passing yards about 200. Six touchdowns, one pick in wild-card games. Uh, he is tied with, with Tom Brady in the most road playoff victories with seven. Um, I, and they did play this year, by the way, 36-22 was a final. They did not have C.J. Stroud. But the key to remember from that game is Amari Cooper set the all-time Browns receiving record in the game. He had 265 yards and two touchdowns. This is going to come down to if Joe Flacco can hold on to the football long enough. Again, 13 touchdowns this year has been great. Nine picks. He's had nine interceptions. If he can cut the interceptions out, they're going to win this game. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a good old good one. C.J. Stroud's been damn good. But this is Joe Flacco. I will take Joe Flacco and the Browns. Okay. I think you're absolutely right about um, the turnovers. And I know that's, once again, every time I talk about how big turnovers are, everyone knows if, if, if you turn the ball over more than your, than your opponent, you don't, you're not putting yourself in a good position to win. But that's one thing that C.J. Stroud is, is tremendous at. He doesn't give the ball to the other team. The yep. Texans don't turn the ball over a whole lot. They're explosive. Now, this is a very good Browns defense. One of the best, if not the best defense in the league. Yep. Can they put enough pressure on a young quarterback playing in his first playoff game ever? Um, this is a game that I flip-flopped on. I've, 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 got, I've gone back and forth. Part when, when I first saw the line, I'm like, listen, the Browns are going to be all over the Texans. I think that was a little jaded of me because I was tired of hearing how good the Texans are after the Texans beat the Bengals. Pretty much from that week on, I've been hearing about how great the Texans are. Um, and I, I just believe that the, the Browns are just a hard-nosed team. Yep. They've been fantastic with Joe Flacco. But I, I think you're absolutely on the nose that whoever wins this turnover battle is going to get it. I don't think this is a high-scoring game. I don't think it's a high-scoring game whatsoever. Even though there's two good offenses that have been flying, I think this is going to be in the low 20s, like a, like a 21-18 kind of game. I think it's going to be a, a moderate-scoring to low-scoring game. I would disagree, but that's fair. I, again, the last time the Texans, to your point, the last time the Texans played a good defense, it was the Jets, and they did have C.J. Stroud. They scored six points in the game. They lost 30-6 to to the New York Jets. Yeah. I don't think they've played a lot of good defenses. Uh, again, when they played the Browns earlier this year, Amari Cooper had his day. That's so. Are that's you gambling one. on this game? Absolutely. And what are you, you going? What, what is the spread? Brownies. What is the spread? It is three. 
It's down. I think it's down to two. Browns are favored by three. It's yes. down to the two. Browns. Two. The Browns are favored by two. All right, all right. And you are going to bet? The Browns. The Denzel Ward news moved it to two. Yeah, we mentioned in the okay. monologue, Denzel Ward, their best cover corner. Uh, great player. Pro bowler again this year, I think, third or fourth time. Um, he injured his knee in practice yesterday. Um, and he's been nicked up already to begin with. So that could, could be a huge hit for the Brownies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you gambling on this game? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like All right, I well, said, if you had to do it, early, what would you do? Early in the week, early in the week, I loved the Browns. I loved the Browns. But I keep flip-flopping. And, and, and when, you, when you can't make a decision, when your brain can't make a decision, you probably just should just stay away. Let from it go. It. Yeah. You just, let it go. That's let right. It go. Let it go. But how am I – gonna sit around on a saturday oh my god and watch a watch a playoff game and not at least put a little skin in the game tom how am i gonna do that casey are you betting on this game uh ooh, am i gonna be betting at all this this weekend i don't know i don't know do you have to ask your wife if you're gambling this weekend that's what it seems like tom i'm i mean maybe i don't know what no you do know yeah what do you mean you don't i mean, I mean put it this way if you were going to place a bet Let's say you felt strongly about any of these games, okay? Let's yeah. just say it's this one, yeah. okay? And you feel really strongly about the Texans. Before you actually went through the software, click, 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 right? Will you tell your bride before you hit – what do you hit? You don't hit send, do you? You hit what? Confirm? Yeah. Confirm. Will you tell your bride before you hit that button, confirm, yay or nay? No, I would not say anything to her. But it is our money, so. It what? It is our money, so I can't. It is. You're right about that. That's why, I mean, I think you probably ought to tell her. I would. I mean, that's me. But, you know, that's you. Well, she, she trusts me. I know she She, she trusts me. So enough. what do you think? So uh, what do you think about this game? Uh, I really like the Texans, uh, mainly because I think a lot of people are just sleeping on them. I looked at the last game that they played. They played three weeks ago, four weeks ago. 36-22 without C.J. Stroud. Uh, it was a uh, – actually, it was really just a dominant game from the, 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 the Browns from start to finish. However, I do think that C.J. Stroud makes a ton of difference. Uh, Mills was 15-32 for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I think you add that C.J. Stroud factor, and I think this is going to be a close game. However, I don't think it's going to be like what Elliot thinks, the scoring shootout. I think it's going to be the battle of the defenses. I think the, de the defense for Houston is sneaky. It's just sneaky, talented. Browns have been nicked up on the offensive yep. line. And I don't think that uh, they, were, uh, they were pretty much rolling out their, their whole starting offensive line for the most part the, this whole season against this game. I think that, uh, that Houston's going to have an easier time getting to the quarterback. Therefore, more pressure for Joe Flacco. Closer game. So, I don't know. I Spread-wise, I'll probably pick the, the Browns at, at two. But I I think there's a good chance Houston can win this. So, Very if you chance. were gambling, if you were to make that decision, you would put it on? On the Browns. We'll yeah. get to our picks late in the game. We will. The Browns yeah, to cover. Okay, so you're up to speed on that one. <clears throat> Right. Uh, now we go to the second game, which is uh, your read uh, game, yep. uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, where, again, if you didn't hear, the, the weather they're calling for is just brutal. Uh, I mean, the high is nine. This is a night game. 
So wind chill at kickoff, zero if not below, because they're expecting 25-mile-per-hour winds. Tell us more about the Dolphins v. Chiefs. Uh, so, yeah, all the storylines that you've heard about this are, are, are going to unfold right between right before your eyes. This is going to be the fourth, possibly the fourth coldest game in NFL history. Um, it could get down to, to negative nine. It will be like the, only the sixth time in NFL history that the, the, the degrees before the wind chill are in the negatives. And you can just add the wind chill on top of that. So it's going to be like dang near the negative 30s. So you, you wonder, what do, what do you do as a football team when it gets cold? Well, you run the ball. And I don't think that the Miami Dolphins get enough credit for how well they run the ball. I mean, you talk about this Miami Dolphins offense, and it's, you know, it's high power. They got Jalen Waddle. They got Tyreek Hill. Well, yeah, they still run the ball very well. Top yep. five in the league in rushing yards per game. Now, part of that is because, they, you know, they won a lot of games, and you run the ball late in games. But I digress. What they do very well is they, they work the perimeter in their run game, right? A lot of moving parts. They, they, they try to get the perimeter. So what will the Chiefs be able to do? This is one of the top five defenses in the league. And, I, and I've said it for weeks now. I don't think the Chiefs, everyone talks about how, how poorly their offense has played. I don't think they're getting enough credit for how well their defense has been. This is a young defense, right? They've had to put a lot of draft picks into their defensive side. And they've obviously put some money into it as well with the Chris Jones extension earlier this year. Um, but... I've said it before. I can't see the Miami Dolphins showing up in their teal jersey. What's the what's their record? One in ten. One in ten in, 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 in games under thirty degrees. Oh and nine under forty. Under forty. So I I just can't see Mike McDaniel Tua coming in to Arrowhead and negative degree temperatures and beating the Kansas City Chiefs. These are two teams that have limped into the postseason. Two weeks ago, the Miami Dolphins beat the Dallas Cowboys, and we're talking about this team could be the one seed. This team can win the East. They did neither. They lost their last two weeks, losing 40 points to the Baltimore Ravens, losing to the Buffalo Bills with a chance to win their division. Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs haven't done well either. Over the past seven weeks, offense wasn't there. They beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals in the second last week of the year. They scored one touchdown, six kicks, kind of like that, that Bengals playoff yep. run back in 2021. And obviously last week's game really doesn't matter when you got Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick, and they beat the Chargers 13-12. So both teams are limping in. I'm going with a little bit of uh, just the Chiefs have done it in the postseason. They've been there. They're not going to get shell-shocked by the cold. Uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they won a lot of playoff games. I think they're going to win this one, Tom. Okay. I like the Chiefs to win this game. Again, I, I, I think the Dolphins have proved that they are fraudulent. I do not believe in them any longer. Raheem Mostert, again, very, very, very good running back. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball when they're down by 14 in the second half, to start the second half. Uh, this will be the Isaiah Pacheco legacy game. That is my prediction. Chiefs, wow. win by, Chiefs win by 30. By what? 30. 30? Won't be close. They wow. might not score 30 it's points in the game. It's a cold-weather game, Elliot. Won't be close. I don't care. I don't okay. care. Does that mean they can't score points? Yes. Just letting you know all the facts. 30 okay. nothing. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Casey, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I like the Chiefs in this one. Um, some of the X factors I think of, the Miami Dolphins are on their, what, fifth, sixth string linebackers, and they're going to have to go up against Hall of Fame tight end Travis Kelsey. That's not a good recipe. They don't have any edge rushers. That's not any good. 
And uh, the interior for Kansas City, just really, really solid. They can get a lot of push up front, kind of neutralize the effectiveness of Christian Wilkins and that interior defensive uh, uh, run-stuffing ability that the Miami Dolphins have had over the last couple weeks. So for me, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a, a it's going to be a, um, a very low scoring game though. I don't think it's going to be um, that crazy. I think it's going to be like 17 to, to 10 or something like that. Okay. 20 to, to 10. Okay. Chiefs. Um, you know, I, 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 my gut instinct is I bring up the teal uniforms all the time. My my gut instinct, you know, tells me that that, that Miami's going to have a hard time, but. No, that, that's what my brain tells me. My gut tells me that Miami is showing up for this one. Really? I think they've got a talented team. I think they've got a good coach. Um, I, I just, and, and, and coupled with the fact that they can run the ball, and there is going to be some kind of motivated Tyreek Hill in this game. I mean, a lot of that's people true. think this cat should be getting consideration for the league MVP, and he should. Um, he's coming back to town and I mean, he's great as it is, but if there is any such thing as a little extra edge, I don't know how anybody guards this guy. Uh, the wind may prevent him. The weather may prevent him from slinging it around. But if that holds true for Miami, it also holds true for Kansas city. And as we've documented already this year, the body of work doesn't mean it'll be the case tomorrow night, but the body of work this year Miami has run the ball much better than Kansas City. So, even though it's a freezing cold game for a warm weather team, something tells me they're going to show up. All right. Now we get to Sunday. Yeah, we do. Buffalo Bills v. Pittsburgh Steelers in Buffalo. Reed Mouse. Yeah, once again, it's going to be very cold. Um, it's, it, it's not going to be quite as cold as the, the Kansas City game. It's going to be below freezing. And there's going to be a lot of snow. There's going to be some precipitation. So once again, has a chance to be a low-scoring game up there in Buffalo. We talked about how the AFC just has a lot of cold weather stadium. I mean, every every home game is pretty much going to be is is going to be very cold, with the exception of Houston, and that that ends this week. So the Buffalo Bills have played perhaps the best football over the past seven weeks. You can argue that. You certainly can. And uh, they, they, they won a lot of nice games. They, they beat the Dolphins last week with a chance to, uh, to win the, the AFC East. And they did exactly that. The Steelers, after reeling for three weeks, lose, having the, perhaps the worst three-week stretch in their franchise's history, losing to two two-loss teams um, in the, the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals, they come back. They beat a team that's hoping to make the postseason and, and were playing um, some great football. And the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely blew them out. They go and beat a Seahawks team, once again a team trying to make the postseason. And then they beat the number one team in the AFC. Granted, it was their backups in the Baltimore Ravens, but that was for a chance to go on and, and make the postseason. And they did exactly that. We have made fun of the Pittsburgh Steelers all season long. We really have. Yep. Yeah, they're 10-7, and seven, but come on. It's the Steelers. You've watched them play. They don't look very good. At the end of the day, they are 10-7. and seven. And they are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those two things matter. When you win 10 games in the NFL, you're probably a pretty good team. When you have the history that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, you're probably a pretty good team. All that being said, I just can't see a world in which, in a cold weather, playing the hottest team in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. I just can't see the Pittsburgh Steelers being the Buffalo Bills this weekend. I agree with Reed. I do think Mason Rudolph is a very bad quarterback. Yes. Saying that, he has played well lately. 
I, I, can't, I can't find it in my brain to think that the Steelers can win this game. Saying that, Josh Allen and the Bills have yet to cover a double-digit spread this season. It's happened three times. He's 0-3. So, if there was a game to be close, it might be this one. Tom might be right. I think their defense is still okay. Even without T.J. Watt, it's still a good defense. Uh, and as we all know, Josh Allen will, will have at least one turnover in this game. I would, I would venture to say more than two. So if that happens, the Steelers do have a chance. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, and I, I do like the Steelers covering that spread, I guess. Especially with the, the winds as they are. Yeah. They're going to be 60, some say 60-mile-an-hour winds. That's almost hurricane winds. Casey? Yeah, uh, the, the weather is just such a huge factor in this game. Bills are definitely not covering the spread. There's just no way. Um, that being said... I think that Josh Allen won't have the opportunities to, to, to have a lot of turnovers because he's not going to be able to throw the ball. They're going to have to run the ball. And I know that the Bills have been very effective at running the ball, but that they had the pass game, that, that threat of being able to beat you over the top with Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis to really help kind of push that forward. The emergence of Dalton Kincaid over the middle – made the linebackers have to take steps back before they could actually commit to the run. Now that this game is forcing both teams to just be smash-mouth football, old-school football, the Pittsburgh Steelers' play style fits this way better than the Buffalo Bills. There's no real home field advantage. Like, Pittsburgh also plays in the cold. Um, I've been to Buffalo. Uh, it's not very loud. It's not a very loud stadium. I don't think there's much of a home field advantage there. Um to me, I really – if there was a upset to, ha to to in this playoff run, it is this game right here. And I think that the Steelers could win a playoff game despite being one of the worst teams to make it into the playoffs just because of the weather. So that being said, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game. Uh, you know, look, Mason Rudolph, I mean, you say whatever you want about him. I mean, he's only made a total of, what, uh, 13 starts in his career. He's 8-4-1 and one as a starter this year, 3-0. and oh. uh, They're scoring points with the dude at quarterback. They're running the ball. They scored 34 against the Bengals. They scored 30 in Seattle, and they had to have all these games to get in. And then they played Baltimore, where they ran the ball like crazy. They're running it. Najee Harris looks great. Um... Now they're without Watt. That's a big hit. I think this is a game. All right, next up we got Cowboys at home v. Green Bay. Casey, this is your game. Yep, this is my game. Uh, it's actually a lot of just Packers propaganda, to be honest with you. I, feel, I felt like the most people understand who the Cowboys are. Yep. Very balanced on every single front. Um, got pro bowlers, all-stars everywhere on their team. C.D. Lamb. Um, breaking the all-time Cowboys receiving uh, season uh, with 1,700-something uh, receiving yards, 150 more than um, Irvin, um, Michael Irvin. Anyways, yeah, very good. Very talented defense. Most people don't understand who the Packers are. Packers this year started 3-6. and six. Then they proceeded to have one of the best half of the seasons of football in the NFL. They went 6-2 and two in that stretch. Jordan Love, in that stretch, has been on fire. 18 touchdowns to one interception. Finished the year with 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Only second in the league behind Dak Prescott with 36. The Packers have a ton of young talent with Jaden Reed, 
one of the best rookies this year at receiver with 10 touchdowns. And I wanted to add just a little note here. Their other rookie receiver, Devontae Wicks. Um, some of the Packers fans are really excited about that kid. He scored three touchdowns in the last two weeks. And not to mention the second years, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson have both combined for 13 touchdowns. Christian Watson been in and out of the lineup. If he's in that in, in this game, I mean, he, he, he's a difference maker. Last year, he absolutely torched the Cowboys. Three touchdowns and a comeback win for the, Cow for the, the, the uh, Packers. And also Tucker Craft averaging 50 yards in this stretch of the last five weeks. Um, I mean, this offense has been very explosive. On top of that, Aaron Jones, their running back, has basically been the Cowboys killer. Mm -hmm. He's only played in 11 games this year, but he was very, very close to 1,000 yards rushing, so he's still very, very good. And every game that he's played against the Cowboys, he's had above 100 yards, six yards per carry, just absolutely gashing them left and right. And we saw what happened against the Bills when they decided that they are going to run the ball against the Cowboys. They couldn't stop it. And I expect a lot of that to, to happen for this Packers game. They have the threat of that passing game that's going to make the Cowboys step back, and they're going to get gouged again. The only problem is their defense. They started the year off pretty well. They were in the middle of the league for most of the year, but towards the back half, they started giving up a lot of yards, a lot of shootouts. Their run game is 28th in the league. Their pass defense is right there, smack dab in the middle. Um, their offensive line, I, I forgot to mention this, but their offensive line has been pretty decent, um, has been able to protect the quarterback a lot this year. The other little tidbit of information that I'd like to share about this game, the Packers have not lost to the Cowboys in over 10 years. 10 years they have just absolutely dominated the cowboys so that being said the spread is like seven and a half points i'm taking the packers i know we, we're not talking picks here but i think this is also another game to be um watching out for um i know we already mentioned the cowboys are undefeated at home that's the other little tidbit of information yep. but it's almost like the immovable force meets a unstoppable object when the Packers have been dominating the Cowboys for this long, something's got to give. So in terms of spread, I'm taking the Packers. But in terms of just the game itself, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, that, that, that to me, it just it, – it, look, if Green Bay – Green Bay's got to minimize the exposure of their defense in this game. They have to minimize the number of times that Dallas snaps the ball on offense. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to have that successful running game because then you really narrow now the field, the number of possessions. Because if they can't run the ball and Dallas gets the ball, Dak Prescott is going to light this defense up like a Christmas tree. Dallas could score 50 if Green Bay can't run the ball. Because their defense, their secondary, cannot handle uh, this Cowboys passing attack. All right. Uh, tomorrow night, we have the Lions. I mean, Sunday night. That place is going to be – if there was a game to go to and jump oh, yeah. in a car and drive up four hours, I'm telling you, man, that place is going to be jumping. The Lions home with Matthew Stafford coming to town. Oh, yeah. This is your game, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Okay, please. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Um, this game is going to be a shootout in the last eight games for each team. The Rams and Lions have each scored 30 points plus twice, or four times, sorry. 
Uh, the Rams are 7-1 and one in their last eight, only loss being a 37-31 loss in overtime to Baltimore. Uh, Lions are 6-2 and two at home, Rams 4-3 and three on the road. Lions in their last seven are 4-3. and three. The Rams in their last seven, or excuse me, the Lions have lost, sorry, their last eight consecutive playoff games dating back to 1993. All of them have been wild card games. Seven of those eight have been on the road, the only one being a 1993 loss to the Packers, which started that streak. That was a close 28-24 game. Stafford and the Rams beat Goff and the Lions the last time. It was the only time they played. It was that woeful 2021 Lions team uh, that didn't win a game. Did they win a game? They lose them all. They lost them all, I think, in 2021. Well, they had a year where they lost them all. Yeah, I think it was 20. Was it 2021, Casey? I don't think it was 21. No. They no lose, they, it was how many like games they 16, win in 21? 17. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Stafford and the Rams beat off the Lions in 2021, 28-19. Um, Rams are 4-2 in, in, in their last six road playoff games. I think this is going to be a shootout. It's going to be the Rams taking another victory. Uh, sorry for the Lions. Not going to be your day. The Detroit Lions in 2021 went 3-13. and 3-13. and 13. That was my bad. Three, they, they went on, they, they are, 2008 was when they yeah. didn't win a game. That's right. So that was about 50. But I, I, I agree with that. I think it's going to be a shootout. I really do. I think it's two, two really good moving offenses. Uh, this is a very young team in the Rams. Um, and, I, and I think the Lions are just going to be a little jittery. I think they're going to be a little jittery playing at home, playing in front of, you know, as high of expectations as that city has right now. Um, because this is the first time that they they have they have seen something like this. They have seen a team this good getting a chance to play at home. Um, it's it's going to be I think maybe the best game. I think this is going to be the most exciting game of the week because all the games in the AFC are going to be cold, so they're not going to be very exciting. They they, they have good storylines, but they're just not going to be very very exciting. This game I think has all the makings to to be fantastic. Um, yeah. Boom shakalaka by the way with a great stat. Goff has never thrown for two touchdowns in a playoff game. Stafford has thrown for two plus touchdowns in every playoff game. But Goff has led a team to the Super Bowl, and Stafford has not led a team to a postseason win until he came to the Rams. Well, until he came to the Rams. Well, he won the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl, he, well, he won the Super Bowl too. That's right. In that stadium, I'm talking about playing for them. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have really any uh, f factual. Um, this is more of a gut feeling for me. Um, the only factual evidence I have for the Lions to lose this game is the Sam Laporta injury. I know what people are going to say that he actually had some really good news that it was a, a, a hyperextension and then a bone bruise, which that's still super hard to come back from. It's only a week's rest, and I just don't think that's going to be enough. Uh, I think that he's going to be – if he does play, he's going to be playing at like 75 60%. Which is just not good enough. It's not. It's not going to be good enough to to be able to help out this um, Lions team. And uh, I just feel like Matthew Stafford better quarterback than Jared Goff. I think that all around they have better weapons. Um, the emergence of Kyron Williams has been really effective for the Rams. Um, I just really like the Rams. Okay. I really like the Rams, and I love the Lions. But I, I just this game is not a good matchup for them. Okay. All right. It's going to be exciting with Stafford coming back into town. There's no two ways about that. All right, and then lastly is uh, my game. That will be the, uh, the, the one that I was assigned. Thank you. Uh, and that will be the Eagles against uh, Tampa Bay. Look, we know the Eagles, they started the year at 10-1. and one. They've lost five of their last six. One of their wins early in the year was over Tampa Bay. That was 25-11, to 11, the final in that game. But here in the last couple of weeks, a number of things have been exposed with Philadelphia. Let's start with health. We know about their wide receiving core. 
A.J. Brown and uh, Smith. Mm. They're both nicked up. They're going to play, but they're both nicked up. And then J- uh, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. He injures the middle finger of his passing hand in the second quarter last week. He hears it pop. They get him in the tent. They jerk the thing back into place. He's a gamer, nut cutter, says, I'm playing. He goes back in, and he was awful the rest of the game. He said, later, I regret coming back into the game. He has not thrown a football one day this week. Not one single time. But he says, don't worry about it. I'll be ready to go. The other thing that's been exposed, and and go figure, is this defense. Philadelphia has given up 31 points per game on average over the last seven weeks. 31 points per game. Now, they demoted their defensive coordinator early in the year because he's dropping defensive linemen back in coverage and they're not coming after the quarterback. They put in Matt Patricia. Patricia's doing it more than the other guy did it. Their sack totals have gone from 43 this year from 70 last year. So they're not getting after the quarterback. And if you're going to beat Baker Mayfield, you got to force him into making mistakes. I would look for Philadelphia to be extremely aggressive on defense this week, and I say they uh, get it together. Let's get to because um, we're, we're starting to run out of time. Let's get we got chat rankings today too, right? Correct. Yeah, all so right, so let's get to just our game picks and let's make it quick because we've just given a preview of of all the games. Um, so let's start Cleveland. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Reed, take it away. Uh, yeah. I I told you guys I've been flip flopping on this pick all week long. I'm going to ride with the better overall roster, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Oh, Elliot. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I will also go with the Cleveland Browns. Casey? Uh, I'm going with Cleveland. Okay. And I can't even remember who I picked. You got Houston. I got Houston. I, think, got the the, I, I, think, I think the Brownies being favored in that game, is it doesn't make any sense to me. Makes no sense. You think the Brownies can win the AFC? I do. I do. But I'm just saying a two-point favorite, if I'm betting this, which is what we're doing in these picks, if I'm betting this, I'm not betting the Browns to go in there and cover two. Okay, next up. All right. We got the Chiefs hosting the Finns. As I said earlier, I cannot see a world, not a world in which the Miami Dolphins win this game in negative 30-degree weather. Um, minus four and a half. Go ahead and give it to me. I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs. I will be placing my largest wager ever on the Kansas City Chiefs. This will not be close. Five digits? No, it will not be five digits. Not five digits? It will, it will be in the three digits. Six digits? <laughs> no, it'll be three digits. <laughs> yeah, I'm also taking the Chiefs. And I'm stepping out on a limb. This is surprising, Tom. I am stepping out on a limb. That number, four and a half, that's a big number. I gave the reasons earlier while I'm going with Miami. I'm taking Miami to cover. Not necessarily to win, cover the four and a half. All right. Now on to Sunday. Buffalo v. Men of Aluminum. Exact same rationale. Nine and a half. I'm not going to touch this game, betting-wise, with a 45-foot pole. Well, then you really don't believe what you think, then. Well, I think that the Bills are going to win this game, but nine and a half points is a lot of points with 60-degree wind. I don't know. Um, but if you're going to make me – if you're going to twist my arm and make me bet, uh, I will take the home team. I'm going to root, root, root for the home team. If I had to bet my life, I'd, I'd pick the Buffalo Bills, which I believe is what I did here. But saying that, again, Allen 
0-3 with double as double-digit favorites this season. I don't think they cover. But if I have to bet my life on it, I'm obviously going to ride with them over Mason Rudolph. I'm not going to die on the Mason Rudolph hill. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, this this is just such a terrible weather game. It's got to be the Steelers, guys. It's just got to be. I mean, I don't think they're going to win, but this is going to be the one of the lowest-scoring playoff games that we probably ever remember. There's a strong chance the Steelers run the football 55 times yep. in this game if they have the ball enough, or call it 50. Uh, I'm going with the men of aluminum. I think they covered the 9.5. I'm with uh, most of you guys. I don't necessarily think they win. They can win, but I think this is going to be low scoring, and I think the Steelers are going to run it and cover. Okay, then we get to tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon. Packers v. Fighting Jerry Jones. I don't think enough people are talking about how good the Packers have looked over the second half of the year. They've uh, Over the second half, they beat three playoff teams. Um, I think they're going to go on the road. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover a touchdown. So give me Jordan Love and that offense, at least covering seven. Okay. Same exact reasons I ride with Reed. Same exact reasons. Let's go Pack. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers. I think the spread is too much. I think it's going to be a closer game than most people think. Okay. I'm going with the um, the Dallas Cowboys. You're I being think a contrarian, they, I, think, I, think, I think they blow them out of the gym. I, I think something's different about Dallas this year. I'm not saying they're getting to the Super Bowl, but this isn't going to be a one-game or a two-game choke job. Can it's I not going to happen. Can I ask for a favor? Yes. If the Packers win this game, let's say it's embarrassing. Let's say they win this game by 14. Yep. Will you come in Monday with a Packers rant or with a Cowboys rant and say that they are the biggest frauds in the history of the Of sport? course. Okay. I'm that's, happy that's to. All I, I got to be honest, Me and Tom. Stephen A. <laughs> you and Stephen A. Go I got to be honest, Tom. I, I pretty accurately can pick who you're going to pick. Well, you know, I always ask you, oh, who do you want this game? Who yeah. do you want this game before we start the show? I pretty accurately can do that. You have gone the complete opposite. That's because I've stunk up a joint all year. In That's ev- right, you In have. every right? single game, you have. you've, you've gone I mean, the I've opposite. I've stunk it up. I'll calculate the totals after the season. Other than the Browns-Texans, I would have put, put a large amount of money that you would have thought the Texans were going to cover. Okay. All right. And now we got – and that's because of C.J. Stroud, Correct. I assume. Okay. All right. Here we go. The Rams at the Lions. Lions minus three. I think we're making a lot to do about the the Los Angeles Rams. I think we're making a lot to do. I got the Lions at home. I got the Lions at home. I think they're the better overall roster. I think the Rams are very young. They're better. They're they're well coached. They got the better quarterback. That tells me that you should take the Rams, but I'm taking the home team. I'm taking the Lions. Rams okay. are 7 and 1 in their last 8. Their only loss being a 37-31 loss to Baltimore. They have they have been absolutely incredible. One of the best teams in the NFL. I'm taking the Rams. Case. Uh, they took the Baltimore Ravens into overtime. Uh, 37 to 31 ended up losing that ball game. Did a punt return I, touchdown too. Yep. Yeah, I I think the Rams are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. If you were to give them that win, they would have won eight in a row. So I'm taking the Rams. Okay. I don't even remember who I picked. Because I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know who I would take. I took the Rams. Um, yeah, I guess I like the quarterback better. Um, that's fine. I, I don't. I mean, I'm rooting for the Lions. I'm rooting for the Lions all the way through. The fighting Chris Fieldmans, and then here we go. Eagles v. Tampa Bay in Tampa, and the Eagles, as poorly as they are playing, a three-point favorite, which really surprises me. Yeah, I think I, I got I got two hot takes for you. First off, I think the Bucks are not only going to cover three. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win outright at home. And then I think Nick Sirianni is going to be canned. I think I think that's the end really? of the Nick Sirianni thing. If, if they lose, Nick Sirianni will lose his job. Bye. Well, then we are living in one screwed up world. Well, that's what – the, the Eagles have done it before. 
Doug Peterson? They did it with Doug Peterson. Yeah. Andy Reid? Chip Kelly won some games. They move off of winning coaches. Nick Sirianni's gone. The, the other issue that would help Reed's point there is that the locker room is lost. Correct. So the locker room being lost. I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles here. I am not betting this game at all. Mr. Moe putting his parlay in the chat. He had the Eagles as the last leg. I would absolutely not do that because I don't believe in the Eagles. If you're going to make me force make force me to bet a game, then sure, I'll take if you I'll take the Eagles minus three if, if I'm under a gun, but I'm not betting that game. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable betting the coldest team in the NFL at this moment. Um I don't know if the Buccaneers will win, like Reed said, but I think it's going to be a close game. The Eagles had to run the ball all over the Bucks to beat them earlier on in the season, and that was without Vita Vea. I think Vita Vea is going to be playing this game, and I think the, the Eagles are going to have a tougher time on offense, so give me the Bucks in this one. Okay, I'm taking the uh, Eagles. Um, look, you know, it, it makes you appreciate Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. When you look at this nonsense that goes on with some of these divas, A.J. Brown is right on the near the top of the right. list, along with uh, the clown out in Seattle. Um, Jackson you, you, Smith you and can have all, Metcalf. You can have all those guys. You can have them all. Makes you appreciate the guys that uh, we have here in Cincinnati. Right. All right, chat rankings. All right, I'm here doing we go. it this week. I'm doing it this week. All right, here we go. Everybody's waiting around for it. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll rattle them off very quickly because we've gone over time. But, guys, I just want to thank you, as always, for being in our chat. We love you all. Sorry about um, the show that we couldn't get up earlier this week. We will have a free box lunch for you next week to, to make up for that. But without further ado, here's this week's chat power rankings. Coming in at number nine, what's a chat power rankings without my boy Randy G? Randy G, thank He's you so much there. for being here. Thank you for tweeting us all the time. Elliot likes to make fun of you because you can't, because you apparently can't spell. I think you spell great. So thank you, Randy G. Thank you so much for being in our chat. You're number nine. Coming in at number eight, Blackmore. I'm, I'm going to tell you a little secret, Blackmore. Ooh. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. I like the way that you, you, you tease Elliot. I like the way you tease Elliot. But I, we can't do nepotism here. We, we, we can't. I can't be. Got to be biased. So I'll put you at number eight. Why does um, he beat down Elliot? He or she? Um, I don't know, but I like it. Uh, Derby Stardom coming in at number seven. Derby, as always, another fantastic week. You're great. A mainstay in the chat. We love you so much, Derby. You're coming in at number seven. Coming in at number six, he's got Drew Sample as his picture. He will always be in the chat power rankings as long as I'm the one doing them. Thank you so much, Nick Mormon, for being not only a, a nut cutter, a member of Nutcutter Nation, but for being a believer in Drew Sample. Drew Sample is the truth, and we know that. You and I, Nick, we're going to the moon. Uh, number five, he grinds the pepper. It's Sir Boy Wonder. Yes. He grinds the pepper. Congratulations on starting your own show. I'm sorry I didn't watch it last night. I'll be sure to tune in here soon. I know it's going to be great stuff, Sir Boy. As always, you brought your A game this week. You really did. You really did bring your A game. It was nice to have you back in the chat. Yeah, I know. I know you had a new job and you haven't been around as much recently, but we love you for being in this week. Tyler okay. Dolly, by the way, says it's the same tired ten every week. Clearly, he didn't. Then watch you got to get involved. You got to get involved That's a little right. bit more, Tyler. That's the bottom line. We're talking about guys that are that are consistent. They may not hit the home run ball every time, but they're getting on base. That's right. right. And they show up and they play. Listen, they're in the can, lineup. You can say the same thing about college football. You can say the same exactly thing about the right. NFL, NFL playoffs. It's the same teams because they play the best. You okay. got to bring it. You got to right. bring it. Okay. Uh, Tyler in. says he's here every day. Tyler, we love you. If you want to be number 10, you can be number 10. Uh, number four, Ooh, super, nice. the superstar, Mark Fetters. He is a man of Michigan. Congratulations on your Michigan Wolverines on winning a national championship yep. this week, Mark. 
We, uh, we we know you're very happy about that. Hail to the victors. You are one of the victors, Mark. Hail That's to right. the victors. Give me a So thank you so much. Did, Come- you hear, did you hear them sing for She's a Jolly Good Fellow after they won this, the national championship? That was a great clip. Mm. Did you see that? Tom saw it. Move on. Coming in at number three, it's Everett. Everett, you are the compass of this number jacket. Number three. You, come, you, you keep us going north. Wow. You keep what us going drop. north, Everett. Everett yeah. has sent me off the reservation two weeks in a row, and I yeah, love yes. Everett. I think he's found certain buttons, and he's just trying to hit he's them on a regular him, basis. He? he was number he's one last week for me. I guess Reed doesn't like him very much. I love Everett Ramley. Ramley. doesn't seem Everett. like it. He dropped you two spots. but um, Coming in at number two, Hitara. Haro hasn't been this high in a while. I, I agree. Think. This is a good pick. Haro this is why guy. is he at number two? Because he he brings his A game every single day, Tom. Every single day. You know what? This is uh, you know what you know what you are. You have to literally take your fingers and scroll like seven times to find him. No, he's right here. Look. I know he's just on the one. He's right there right now. But I'm saying. But I have a hard time finding him most of the time. But Tom, he's, Tom's going to slander you, Haro, not us. Not, not us me. on this side of this, not room, me. this room, the comedy corner over here. We love you, Haro. Yeah. Coming in at number two. And number one, she's maybe the best detective oh, in the world. Boy. It's Molly. Yeah. It's All Molly. right. Reed Proud gives it to Ham- himself. <laughs> <laughs> Proud Hamiltonian Molly. Thank you so much for being in the chat every day. You keep the guys in check. You keep the guys in check. I think... I think I need a bonky on the Joey Votto stuff sometimes, but congratulations. You are the chat member of the week. Number one, Molly. Molly. I love that mask. Sir Boy, $2 super chat. Uh, Tom grinds the pepper. That's our guy, Sir Boy. That is. That's our guy. Um, I want to tell everybody, great job this week. Reed, Elliot. Thank you. Great job. Thanks. Great job. Casey, great job. Lindsay, welcome aboard. Thank you. It's nice to have you here. All right, we're going to start having you instead of sitting like a statue over there. We're going to have you starting to move a little bit here as we get going, okay? You got one week under your belt. Everything good? Yeah. Okay. No issues? Nope. Sure. Tom, are you, are you trying to pay the compliments forward? You give us all compliments. No. You go home and, no. and, and maybe Mrs. Burdeman will, will give you a compliment or two. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to a funeral oh. here in a few minutes over on the west side. Okay. Over on the west side. Dude. Catholic funeral? And um, In a church? Uh, yes, but I don't think it's Catholic service. Spring Grove? Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like a Catholic church. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a Catholic no, no, church. no. I'm sure it's not. But uh, anyway, huge Reg fan. Uh, Mr. Trich and family, we're, we're sorry for your loss. And uh, anyway, but heading over there. And so by the time I get home, she's got some night planned with a couple buddies. Ha! She ain't walking in. <laughs> Boy, Tom, you know. Last night when she left and they drove up to Columbus, her and my daughter, they had to do something up there. There are very few things in life I dislike more than putting up Christmas lights. What? But I put them up and I do it begrudgingly, okay? But ours have still been up. So I thought, you know what? This is going to be really nice. While she's gone, I'm going to surprise her. And it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm going to take them all down. When she pulls in the house, everything is going to, all the lights, and there are a lot of them, going to be out. So I actually did get a nice compliment from my bride yesterday for that. So, Pauls, thank you. All right, here we go. Uh, is Box Lunch coming up? It is. Yes, Casey. Casey. You're the host. That's right. Here we go. Box Lunch. Have a great weekend.